Hi, this is Brett Blevins. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. I'm saying I don't even know how that sounds, so I'm gonna have to take your word for it. That sounded good. It sounded like you took a swig of uh, of, of of Ripple right before you did it. <laughs> Only the good shit. Uh, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I'm already. I I got you guys in one ear, and I don't necessarily. It's hard to tell which is my good ear at this point. So uh, you sound kind of muffled, but hopefully when I put it all together tomorrow i'll be able to i mean i'll be able to see the wave files in audacity and i'll get an idea as to how everybody sounds before i put it all together but um i'm going to try i'm going to assume that you guys are on are, are good with your levels and, and everything sounds good and 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 we'll take it from there i probably won't it'll be a regular episode where i don't talk as much but i'll um i'm just kind of here to make sure that 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 things get recorded at this point but We'll pretend the music is finishing, and uh, hey everybody, this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 754. This is a patron-supported episode, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it already sounds way different than it normally does. Well, not as different as it did a few weeks ago, but it sounds different than it did last week. Uh, that is because uh, our fearless producer is uh, on assignment and we'll hopefully be back soon it's never uh, here uh i know you guys just keep missing each other like ships in the night <laughs> but uh i am a hopefully feeling better david a price it's true and and cue the conspiracy theorists who are going to craft a narrative that vince and i are fighting or something that's why we keep alternating <laughs> episodes but uh this is not a niesman part two i swear it's just just random odds uh, but I, uh, I am your fearless but plucky teenage co-host, but don't get me mad, because if you do, I'm going to wreck this place by becoming a fucking maelstrom of a storm. I am, of course, Abel. No, you are not Abel. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to guess. I, I think I know which book you're referring to, but I'm not going to try. I'm not going to put myself on the spot and guess it. You are Jason A. Wood. Jason A. Wood. Why did I say that? What? You're Jason Wood, everybody. Jason See? Wood. Man, I am. I should just. I'm, I'm done. Good night. This is it. This was the episode. So, uh, fun fun I, fact. I, there's a thing. I assume it most states have it, but there's a thing back in the day called Boys State. And it was like a thing for senior. It was like a political science type of thing, a camp. And I went to that my senior year in high school. And, uh, of course, I am Jason B. Wood. But... My roommate was, in fact, Jason A. Wood. And I can tell you, I'm not him. Very <laughs> you different are, people. You are not. No, no, you are not. You are Jason B. 
would. I apologize for that faux pas. Uh, but we do. We, we are not a twosome tonight, thankfully, nope. because Jason would have to carry this on his own. Uh, we have a wonderful guest. You may have heard of him. You may have heard of him on this show before. Uh, and he is here to bring the wit, the charm, and the facts. He is none other than Mr. Scotty Young. What's up? What's up? It's so uh, awesome to be back on here. I miss you guys like crazy. Miss you too. Yeah, man. It's it's the three of us and our respective others and some other peeps had a grand time. Uh, it was one of the, the last fun get-togethers I had before this uh, damn pandemic uh, took over the world. Yeah. It really was. That was, that was such a fun weekend that we had at your house. And we have like talked about it so many times since and want to repeat it now that we can. Well, well, for a minute, we thought we could probably start doing stuff again. But who knows now? But uh, yeah, yeah, we want to we want to get back together with you guys. Something fierce. No doubt, dude. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. But before we uh, we, we, we jump into the hot topic, since we are talking about this damn pandemic, um, I am curious because you're like the first creator we've had on since like things are starting to retrench a bit, you know, meaning that like, you know, I mean, lots of people canceled Megacon that we're going to go and so forth and so on. Right. So like, I don't, I haven't even talked to you about this because we talk off air, but I, I haven't asked you about this at all. Um, where were, where were you at? Like now that you're vaxxed with, with going back to shows and has your plan changed because of, of Delta and all that stuff? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Case and I are both fully vaccinated. Um, our kids are too young to be vaccinated. So right. um, with the with the Delta variant coming in and, and affecting people a little worse and and starting to affect the little ones more, um, we've had to reassess. We were starting to, um, excuse me, get a lot more open, uh, you know, as, as was everybody. But we also live in Kansas City, which is we're on the Kansas side, but it's, you know, not far from the Missouri side. And Missouri is one of the top three states where things are popping off. Um, I mean, just today we had to, at the, at the office, we had to make the hard call to, we, we, we pretty much said no to all conventions this year prior to even things opening back up. Cause we we're just like, we don't know where everything's going to be. So let's just not do that dance of agreeing and have to cancel agreeing, have to cancel. So we just said, let's take 2021 off of cons. Uh, but we did agree to do Planet Comic Con that's here in Kansas City, uh, you know, downtown. And today, because of everything going on and the, the numbers rising, we had to decide that we can't go. Uh, you know, we have friends here. Some of my son's really closest friends. First, first day one in kindergarten, got the call from the principal. Um there's a kid in the class that tested positive. Now all your kids got a quarantine. Like it's, you know, stuff happening like that already because school's mm-hmm. starting here. So, you know, we're playing it safe and we're playing it by year and seeing what happens. I mean, you know, we're, we, we'll do things when we feel it's safe. We're nowhere near like the full lockdown that we did, but because of, because of everything we've got to, and because our kids are still too young to, to, uh, to be protected, I've got, I've got to think about them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, one thing I hope this whole experience has taught a lot of us is is, is empathy. Mm-hmm. And and I have to say, I, I, I do try, and I say try because I, I fail at it plenty of times, but I do try and have empathy for, for people in different situations throughout this and realize that, like, we all have our own path. And I, I was thinking a lot, like, I've never gone to Megacon. I don't know that ever will go to Megacon. 
But it is like just through timing, just like C2E2 was the last con that everybody actually went to before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, it right. seems like MegaCon was the first major con that was going to, well, that, that is back, you know, doing its thing. And right. a lot of like tier, you know, A-list creators dropped out like the week of. And and right. like, and what I say about empathy is like, I, I really do have empathy for all sides there. Because like, I think if I were one of them, and like you said, if I had young kids that couldn't be vaccinated, I would absolutely have done the same. But on the other right. hand, like I totally get how crushingly disappointing it would be if you're a fan who is vaccinated and this is your sure. first con and you spent money, you know, on a hotel, maybe a flight. Like, you know, so like I get like it's it's just one of those things that sucks all around. Like I I don't blame the creators for doing what they need to do for their families, but I also right. understand that like, man, that, that's gotta be pretty tough for, for MegaCon and, and even tougher for the fans, right? Like so that and I, right. I asked you because, you know, Dap and I and you know, we're 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 planning on going to New York Comic Con. We're planning on going to Emerald City uh, in December in Seattle. And, uh, you know, I just don't like I don't know what to expect. Like we talk all the time, like, should we expect that it's going to not happen? Should we be open to that? Should it be open that it's going to happen? But it's going to be really weird and sparse. Like, we just don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody knows. Yeah, I think that's kind of why my initial thing was just to take this entire year off anyway. Like, like. Prepare for the worst, hope for the best, but also it's okay to skip a year. I mean, you guys know me. I've been doing between five and 12 cons a year for 21 years. Like, I'm okay. Like, this is the first year I've ever been like, I think I'm going to take a year off, you know, outside of the pandemic year, you know? Um, so I, I, I completely understand where you're at. I mean, for me personally, it, you know, we had to sit down and as a company, we had to talk about it. And Casey and I as a family had to talk about it because I've got other people that, that, you know, work with me in, in the offices, in the studio that I have to also consider their decisions, you know, and what, what they need and, and want out of safety. So, you know, we have to sit down and we all have to decide what, you know, risk versus reward, you know, and, and we have to think about that first. And if I get, you know, listen, back in the day, I've, I've canceled cons for way less things, you know, like, oh shit, I'm really behind on this book. I can't go. Right. Like, no, I know that's not his thing, but it's like, at some point, you know, it's like, Oh, I you know, this is one of those years where you're like, everything's going to kind of be up in the air. We've got to figure out like, you know, is it worth risking? We're still, we're still kind of in a weird, I, we don't know what this thing is yet. Right. Like we do and we don't, and it's coming back, but it's not. And this thing works, but it's not. Maybe we need a booster. There's so many ups and downs and unknowns. It was like, you know, and I think I'm just going to stay at home and make comics for you and <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get also, that. Also, you guys know, and you guys know me. I mean, yes, you, you you can meet me at a con, but also you guys know I've set up a system that's like provides you with every, everything that you'd ever get at a con besides the physical act of being in front of me. You get, you can come to my site. I know, but that's get. the magic sauce, though. Seeing that I know. face, though, I mean, that's the. I get it, and it'll be back. It'll be back. the the other <laughs> thing is is like, I think the other thing is is like, do do you want that half like that half baked experience because like. This year, like even at even at Planet Comic Con before I had to cancel today, like there was going to be no like I, we had a shield for the table. There wasn't going to be shaking hands. There wasn't going to be me like put, throwing my arm around you for a photo. Like none of that stuff that creates the experience was going to be happening anyway, right? Like it was going to be a very different. Con- and you guys know me. I like I like to like I got music pumping at my table. I put it like I. It's an experience when you come over. Like I like to hang out for a little bit and. This was not going to be that. So in some ways, I'm like, cool, let's wait till we can get back to letting people really like travel across the country and have a real experience, you know? Yeah, I, I think I think I mean, our hope uh, is that 
next at 2022 Heroes Con, which, as you know, will be the 30th anniversary. And Heroes hasn't happened for two years now. It'll so it'll be right. It'll be, um, we're we're kind of like have this fantasy booking of that being this like kumbaya or a bunch of y'all roll back that hadn't been there in a few years because you're like you know absence makes the heart grow fonder. We're all there to celebrate 30 years. Everyone's vaxxed up. Like we're past the Delta. Like we we kind of have this like vision in our like where it's just like the first moment where we can all just like have a normal fun comic yeah, fandom experience. I mean, you know, who's to say? Because as we learn each month, things change sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. So who's to say? But I am. I am sort of hopeful that that by summer of next year we'll be like, oh man, like how how you know how awesome it is to get back to to yep. what we love about these things. I'm down for that hope, man. I'm down for that hope. Nice. By the way, Dap's gonna probably dying over here because uh, I jumped right in with the with the chat and we didn't uh, we oh, didn't talk about what we're drinking. So oh. um, I, I I of course am the stick in the mud. Uh, I am drinking coffee. Uh, with a little almond milk, a little Splenda, you spice it up. But uh, that's what I'm drinking. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, how about Scott? Are, are you are you drinking anything other than water? Yes, okay. I am having uh, uh, um, um, a glass of Essence. Uh, it's uh, from the A to Z Wine Works in Oregon. A little Pinot Noir. Um, You've come so far. I, I know. Yeah, that's. Uh, Remember back I, in the day when you didn't like know anything about wine? Like, <laughs> I didn't know anything. Yeah, now I know a little too much about wine. <laughs> probably, probably not great. Um, uh, but I ran out of my favorite, which is Ayers. Uh, it's a Pinot Noir as well. But yeah, so I'm I'm on some essence from A to Z Wineworks in Oregon. Nice, fantastic. You, you King. Uh, well, because I knew our guest was going to have some grape, I decided to as well. It's, uh, what I've been drinking more or less on the regular Ruben and Flora, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and, uh, Carmenere blend, uh, from Chile. Nice. Before we get off the drink tip, Dap, I got to relay to you because I know you're going to kick out of this. Uh, as you know. The Wood family rolled to the Bahamas this past week. That's why I wasn't on the show. It was a great time, everybody. Thank you for asking. Um, but, you know, certain pl- – listen, I, I don't know how many people listening out there have done the resort thing. They they vary. You know, they vary in size. They vary in scope. They vary in all-inclusive versus a la carte. Like, there's lots of different factors. And uh, normally when, when, when we roll to a place, we try and do the all-inclusive for lots of reasons, mainly for my own – psychological well-being because it's just like i like the idea of paying everything and then when i'm there like it's just there's no hemming and hawing it just is what it is you know but this time we went to a place that was not all, all inclusive and that's fine like i knew that was the deal but um so we're at a restaurant like the first or second night and i'm like ah you know it's vacation i'm gonna get some wine so i look at the wine that the the cabernet on the menu was 19 crimes <laughs> now, 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 that, now that that in of oh. itself that in of itself is one thing, but Please they tell were me charging it Snoop Dogg bottle. They were it was they were charging nineteen dollars no. a glass. A glass? Oh. It's oh. less than nineteen dollars a bottle. It's like nine dollars a bottle. Well, I, that's I not, that's, that's like when I roll up to a restaurant and they're charging me that for a Miomi. They're like, guys, oh, oh yeah, this, so yeah. I'm like, all right, get so. This. so now, fortunately, they had some nicer wines, but like, and this is going to sound, well, I, I, listen, I, <laughs> I, I it is yeah. what it is. People, people know me by now if you're not, unless you're a new listener. Uh, so I ended up getting a, a glass of wine that was $35 a glass. 
And it was, I know for a fact, the bottle's like probably like a $25, $30 bottle. So it was good wine, but like $35 for a glass of wine, dude. Like, <laughs> right. If, I mean, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, it's like Disney prices, but it's like real food and wine. So it's like, it's like, right. so it's like, you know, Disney where a burger should be five bucks and it's 15, you know, here it's like the, you know, the filet that you were going to get, they would only be 30 is like 80. And you're like, uh, okay. Right. Jesus. So well, listen, this is first world problems. I'm not sure. No one's, right. I know everyone's playing the smallest violin in the world, but I figured you'd appreciate the fact that you're charging $19. For that's, 19 that's, that's hilarious. I mean, it's, I mean, I've, I've had 19 crimes. It's not as offensive as, as, as other wines. It's not top shelf, obviously, but, um, that's, that's an insane price. But, but your story also kind of, um, details why i really don't tend to go anywhere when when uh, vacation rolls around you know it's funny because scotty and i were talking before we we started the show about how we'd love to you know do a little little young wood little vacation or whatever and uh you know we've talked about that for some time haven't haven't made it happen yet but like and i was thinking about that today i'm like you know on one hand i'd love for dap and renee to come on a trip like that on the other hand, I think it would be problematic because I just know you, and I think you would just like you would be vexed. Like it would it would give you agita. Like you would be you'd be vexed by the whole process. Like it would be hard for you. And not that you. It's not about like affording it, but you would be troubled at the absurdity of like I'm, I'm a fish out of water. The vacation. Yeah, you'd yeah. be like I I can't bring myself to like because you know you you're a man who likes your whiskey, your scotch. Like you would you would just you you'd go to the bar and you'd. You'd get and it'd be like forty dollars for a glass of whiskey, and you'd be like, "I, I, like, <laughs> I don't I can't. know." Like that's no longer fun to me. That's not vacation. But it's, so uh, I, yeah. I would have to. I'd just have to put my my. I'd have to put my mind to the fact that you know, one in Rome, and and these, you know, listen, when people go away on vacation like this, when the whole family goes to a resort or anything like that, obviously these are things that were planned and 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 you know the finances were put in place so that oh, yeah, it would yeah. be a great time so so you know it's one thing if it was sprung on me and i'm like well what the hell but but if it was something that actually had to be planned then i i i think i could you know loosen my tie a little bit well i also like to on vacation i like i mean i'll go out and eat and do some bar stuff but i also like to pick a house that i don't like to leave i just want to post up dude and, that's sure nice, yes that's yeah, that's, that, my, that's like, a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to be around people I love. Let's let's get some cases of of booze. Let's start a fire outside and let's post up and be friends. Like I don't need like I am at, I'm not that person that needs to go and do tours all day and do the thing and be at the time. I'm like I just wanted my life is spent on deadlines. When I go away, I just want to post up outside around a fire and have someone. Yeah. Let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> did i kill jason did he die where'd he go Nah, sorry i uh, i was saying that uh that i that's how i am dude like my kids were you know they're like dad you, you didn't move from that spot all day i'm like that's the point of vacation yeah. i work 20 hours yeah, a homie. day like like when i'm on vacation i want to literally let my brain rest i just want to mm-hmm. like relax tranquilo just yeah, man. relax I just want to watch Lethal Weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, uh, you know it's uh, the last time you were on. We we were, I believe, the last time you were on was uh, a couple issues into Middle West. That's how long it's been? It, 
<clears throat> was it that long ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been more than yeah. that. Have I not been? Have I not been on since we've? I've been on since I've lived in Kansas City, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah we but, had just we were, God. That's so crazy. it's been a minute, dude. It's been yeah, a minute. Man. So so let's. I mean, all first right. of all, well, listen. I mean, we have lots to talk about. I would definitely want to talk about Middle West because, uh, as you know, I just. Uh, well, I guess anybody the Pruder, we we always got a beautiful, uh, what, like maybe a th- two, three weeks ago, we all just got our beautiful hardcover collection of that, um, which they did a great yeah, job dude. on. Yeah, dude. Um, Thank and, 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 you know, the thing about that is is I think by now most people that listen to this show know the image model, you know, like they know how it works and it's like, you know, the creator own and how you guys kind of like pay them a flat fee and stuff. How does a book like that, though, like this beautiful oversized hardcover, like how much – do you and Jorge or whoever, you know, anyone at your team, like, like how much do you have to put into designing it, sourcing the, the materials, or do you just give image a budget and say, I want this kind of stock. I want this kind of, 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 you know, of, of, of spot foreigners. Like, do, do you just tell them the parameters and they tell you what it'll cost or do you have to source it all? And then you say, this is what we're going to do. No image. I mean, they've got all that right. They, because they've okay. done it so many times. So we'll kind of go with them. I mean, we, we set the book up, like we decide, what that book is. And, you know, especially with Middle West, uh, Jorge and I wanted, um, uh, Kent who, you know, Kent was a vital role in that project as well. You know, our editor, Kent Wackenschutz, um, he had been around, you know, since me started to brainstorm about it. And so we thought Kent would be a perfect person to interview Jorge and I. So we just gave kind of Kent a free reign to kind of come up with questions. So all of that, the, 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 the design of the book, what we want in the book, all that kind of stuff is completely on us. And then we just tell image that, you know, we wanted, we want to put all this in a book. There's how many pages, you know, we'd like this, this, and just kind of, and then we, then they give us different options and we're like, all right, is this worth it? You know, is this worth it? At first, you know, we thought about doing, we thought about doing the cloth, you know, like full kind of Hellboy library style. Um, you know, but that starts to get pricey and then, you know, to do get, to get the paint on there, that's a whole nother situation. You know, just so you go, okay. And you just have to have a lot of conversations like juice versus the squeeze, right? Like, you know, is this, what do we want from this? What's our goal? Uh, really what our goal is we want a really pretty edition of the entire story in one yeah. volume. That's really we definitely what we achieved that. I mean, that, it, it's, you know, that's, I know, Dap and I are certainly fans of like the long form story and, and there's, there's value in that, but it's nice, you know, I mean, 18 issues is like, that's a nice amount. Cause you can do a book like this. It's big, meaty, thick, looks nice on the bookshelf, but it's, but it's not too big where you get into like the omnibus and it's like, no one's ever going to read it. Cause it's too damn big. And you're going to worry about breaking the spine. Like it's, it's, it's kind of like the perfect amount, like 18 to 24 issues, I think is the perfect amount for that kind of series, like to collect it all in one thing. Yeah. I, I really liked that, that, it was a good amount of space to tell the story we wanted to tell. We always knew the beginning. We always knew the end exactly. And, you know, we, we, we would get together and work out kind of the stops along the way of that, that journey. But, um, I, we felt like when, even at the beginning we were, I felt like, I think 18 is right in the pocket. Like it's, 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 it's long enough to where you can achieve a lot, but also short enough to where you shouldn't waste time or pat it, you know? Um, so I, I felt like we never wasted anybody's time. I don't feel like we ever got to a place where we bored you. Um, we never bored ourselves, you know, which is a good thing. <laughs> um, uh, so we were happy with it. And I mean, I thought, I mean, that's the first time I've had a book that big outside of the Oz book. Um, yeah. which, which was huge, but you know, it's very different when it's your book, you know, when you, you, you own it and it's your story. And especially 
that story, which is very personal to me. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when you were on the show, I think just the first maybe two or three issues had been out, and we were talking, obviously, like how what a, what a you know emotional gut punch it was when you know when the dad obviously, and I guess some right. we should say spoilers here in case people have, but you know when when he you know in the first issue when he flips out and obviously becomes the storm and like the that we were all talking right. at the time about like that visceral sort of parent you know the father son relationship and how like visceral it felt and you know I hadn't obviously the rest of the story hadn't come out yet I know it was in your head but I hadn't read it and then. Now that it's been wrapped up, I've been meaning to talk to you about it because it's like, you know, the interesting thing about the book is is so much of it is about like this rage and like this parenting. But then, you know, as the book goes on, obviously, it's much it's it's as much, if not more about the like the the, the push pull of the son and his anger and like and, and not them not being to reconcile with one another. And I just got to tell you, like, it's it's just so fascinating to me. I think about how what a different experience this would have been for me if I read it when I was 20. Versus, you know, in my mid forties with with three teenage boys, because, um, right, right. you know, I mean, I, I you know, I love my kids and we have great relationships, but like my oldest who just graduated high school and is going off to college, you know, right. he has told me to fuck off before, like you know, full full you know full disclosure, like, and I'm sure that I'm not alone, right. lots of parents, but like I was not that kid, you know, I I was not a kid, I I don't think I ever cursed at my dad, much less told him to go fuck himself, like in my whole life, like even right. today to this point, like I've never done that, it's just not my not my, my not my, the nature of my relationship with him so but i but i i have been on the receiving end of that as a parent being told by my kid you know in a rage you know go fuck myself so like it's it's it really pulled the strings man like in a way i wasn't prepared for like i was like oh man like it really kind of brought me back and and this is a credit to the writing but it brought me back to like some of my least favorite moments of being a parent like if that makes sense because so much of it is, I think, when you have those blow-ups with your, with your kids, you know, and your kids are still a little young. I doubt you've had to deal with that yet, but it's coming. Um, but, like, it, it is, like, when you – I do think there's this strong sense of sadness and regret no matter who is, quote-unquote, at fault, you know. Like, like even if you feel yeah. like in the moment, like, your kid is being disrespectful or you didn't do anything to deserve it, like, even, like, as you're coming down off of it, you, like, you still sit yourself like, ah, I shouldn't have – you know, like, you, you take ownership oh, yeah. in it. You take ownership in it. You 100%. know, like, even, yeah, and and I just you really captured it, and I was like all up in the fields over it. And I'm like, God damn this motherfucker! I'm like, whew. I'm like, man. So, and I'm I'm just you know, I know you your kids are too young for you to be on that end of it where I am, but like I don't, and you know I don't want to get too personal here, but like you know you said when you made the story that it's a personal thing for you, and I know you know, your dad's gone, but you were very close. And like, did were you a combative teenager? Like, did you guys have a combative relationship that you were like? You know, you would you would get and like argue with him. Was that your your shtick? Well, mine was. Well, first, I'm going to say some say something that you had said earlier. The interesting thing is, hey, I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of people, when I say it's a personal story, they just they they instantly gravitate to the able side of that personal story, which is obviously huge for me. But the other side is what the reason that I the reason that I really really intentionally make Dale. Um, He's not a villain. I know it seems that way for a while, but he's not. He doesn't have a curly mustache. He's complex, and that's the parent side of me. Now, yeah, my kids aren't at the age where um, you know they've tested me at, at that teenage level. But I'd be lying if I didn't say there was moments where you know you have those emotional outbursts at your kid, and then later I'm like, oh my god, did I just? Is that a moment that they've locked away that they're going to write a book about? Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I, I feel that way all the time because of the life that I grew up in. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't need, like, 
and that's so for me, I, I'm equal parts Dale and Abel in, in that, you know, Abel is trying to not become his dad. And I mean, even as a dad, I'm trying not to become my dad, right? Like there's, it's a very weird balance to strike because I also know that my dad wasn't a villain. He might've done some things that stuck with me, but as I've gotten older, you have to kind of understand some of those things. So that's, that's that with the, the parent part. Um, the, the relationship that I have with my dad was, I wasn't a teenager when all this stuff was going on. I was much younger, okay. um, but that, you know, that was because, um, you know, we were, I just feel like we were old, like we're all, we're all, we're all eighties dads, kids, right? Like we're kids that grew up in the eighties. Yeah. Um, and, and kids that grew up in the eighties, we were older when we were younger. Right. <laughs> like we were, you know, I did have a paper out in third grade and, and had that through middle school. Like mm-hmm. I had, that was, that was a real, that was real. Like my least know, favorite job of all grade, time, dude. Hated that. Job. Yes. It, it's the worst. I mean, you know, I was fourth grade running, walking around a neighborhood in the dark, knocking on strangers' doors, asking them for money, like collecting the money for the paper, like the subscription money. Like, I can't believe people let me do that. I know. <laughs> like, it was slave a, labor, I, dude. It was child labor. It, was ridiculous. it really was, right? Like, and so, like, but, you know, so that all, all of that kind of like, that was going on for me in like late elementary school, early junior high. Um, that kind of, you know, whatever version of, of raising a kid that my dad thought he needed to do to try to, to fight it against what he had, which was really not good. Um, you know, it manifested in ways that I'm sure he didn't even, he wasn't even aware of. And of course I didn't know that at the time. It took me an adult to kind of look back and understand. I mean, that's why the grandfather story is, I think, very important yeah. in Middle West is, Yep. This generations and how we all think, you know, there's the, the older grandparent generation that's like, this is what being a man's like. And then, you know, I think like my dad's generation, which like I, I jokingly call 80s dads, are a generation who they hate that that's how they came up, but they also haven't figured out how to break it. So theirs manifests as like a hurt version of hurting, you know, they're hurt. So therefore they don't realize they're hurting someone else, you know. And then there's, you know, then it trickles down to, I think, us, which is like, we're all so feely. We, we've finally given ourselves permission to say, like, I feel this way. I talk about, I can talk about my feel, you know. And again, I'm being very broad here, right? Like, these are, yeah, you know, this course. is not everybody. But, no. yeah. but this is, you know, in storytelling, you have to kind of find some broad generalization. So, yeah, for me, I mean, I definitely hit that zone where I was just like, man, why does this, why does this dude seem, white? like, why can't I do anything that, that can get this guy's the only kind of attention that I can get from this guy is like, like angry, angry slash physical. Like that's it. Like that's the only version of kind of uh, attention I can get. The rest of it's just kind of like, he hasn't learned how to communicate that. And that changed later in life, which is, you know, because I don't write, I mean, part, if you read most of my stories, most of my stories, whether it's bully wars, I fairly in the West, it's all about nobody is, nobody should be the same way forever. You know, like we all should strive for change. And, and if, if somebody close to us needs to help changing, we should, we shouldn't be like, you know, bully wars was all a story about like, Hey, if you're a bully, I kind of don't want you to be a bully forever. You know, when I think too often we tell stories, we're like, that guy's the bully. Biff was a bully when he was a kid. Biff is a bully when he's an adult. And you're like, that's, that's kind of the, the shorthand that we use for these kind of archetypes. And, and I always like to challenge those and see like, could we change these people? Like, could we, 
what's the what is the same story but if we break them down and be like hey we're kind of the same what's that look mm-hmm. like you know dude it's it's i mean that broader idea of like the ability to change is so of the moment right because like and again, I, I see this fully know, knowing I'm fully guilty of it. Like we're, it's very easy because we have a lot of scars and like scar tissue now because of everything that's gone on. Like, like, like we're, we're the general, I'm generalizing that we are quick to condemn, you know, like we're really quick to condemn mm-hmm. and really quick to, to cancel. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not in any way saying that a lot of times when it happens, it's not justified. Like, like don't want people to misconstrue sure. it, but, but like, but I do think like, uh, it, it is like if we have hope of like getting to like the best place we we have to find some way and again not every person in every service but we have to find some way to be open to the fact that like people can change like and again i i'm 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 fully conscious of that sounding like it's easy for me to say being you know like a you know a a, a middle-aged white dude like i i get that like but yeah. i'm but like but i do draw on the fact that like i i am not the same person you know, Jason Wood at 46 is a vastly different human being than I was at 36 versus 26. Sure, are there elements to me and, and my nature that are in, in embedded? Of course, it's nature versus nurture. But but I, I really do think I'm a genuinely different person in worldviews, you know, emotional, you know, maturity. Uh, there's just a million right. ways of, you know, it's probably some, most, hopefully much more, most for the better, but but now I'm sure some for the worse. But like, you can sh- like you you are capable of changing and and I I like or at least some people are and like I do think collectively we need to try and remember that a bit more man like like it is possible you know like like and also the the other thing too is you know again the thing I liked about Midwest so much is that I didn't have that relationship with my dad like I said like we've always gotten along incredibly well he's one of my best friends and mm-hmm. always has been he never laid a hand on me never really raised his voice to me I didn't give him cause to but you know, on the same side, like, but I do think I learned a lot, like, from him, like, in ways that he didn't outwardly teach me, meaning that, like, you know, he, like, he was a flawed per like, everyone's flawed, but, like, he was flawed, like, he wasn't, you know, he was an unfaithful husband, like, and he, he would readily admit sure. that, you know, and, and, like, and I remember being, like, a teenager and thinking, and, like, being really mad at him, I was mad at him about all of it, and I'm, like, thinking, like, you know, but it's that, and he, I remember he was the first person in my life where I realized like that people are, like who you are to someone is different than who you are to other people. So like he's an incredible right. father, always has been. Like maybe not the best husband, but like you can be a bad husband and be a great father. Like you, like you're not just a right. bad person or a good like. Yeah. And that's and and that's I always carry that with me. Like I'm always like, all right, well you can have an experience with someone where they're a shit person to you and like you're valid that's valid but like that doesn't mean they're a hundred percent a shit person like it could mean that like the dynamic with which you two interacted isn't ideal but they could be a good person capable of good in other ways and i do think we need to try and get back to remembering that a bit that's i'll get off my podium yeah yeah it's it's i mean i like i just tend to like the gray in in everything right like because that's where life really exists like we watch a lot of movies and we're all in comic books. Right. So, I mean, you know, we're very used to good and evil and bad and good. And we're very used to all of that. Um, but I don't know that that's where the most interesting drama takes place. I, I like, I like the drama in between that where it's like, everything's questionable. Like my favorite relationship in that book is Fox and Abel because, you know, Fox is, Fox is the Jiminy cricket, not of, uh, Pinocchio, not to Pinocchio's conscious, but p- to to what I would consider Pinocchio's survival. And to survive, sometimes you have to do sometimes not great things, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there was interesting moments between those characters where Fox is guiding him and is saying very, I mean, I would, that's what I always had in my head is like, okay, Jimmy Cricket would tell Abel to, you know, do the right thing here. And Fox is going to tell him to do the necessary thing here um, because life is gray and this isn't a fairy tale and we're not teaching you how to do what's right and wrong because that only applies to a very privileged group of people. <laughs> right yeah, and wrong. For sure. uh, you have to be very privileged to have a right and wrong in your life. Um, so, you know, I, I, I definitely love exploring uh, the gray of things and, and most of the stories I like to tell. Yeah, no, I really did love it, man. So I just want to tell you that formally on the, on the record that I thought it was great. I appreciate uh, it, man. I mean, it really means a lot to me. I mean, that, that book, that book connecting with audiences is maybe one of the best things that's ever happened in my career because it's just, you know, it's kind of laying yourself out there in a way and, and also teaming up with somebody as, as insanely talented as Jorge to, to bring, all those emotions. I mean, that, that book basically gave me a brother for life. I mean, that, <laughs> I love that guy. Like he's been a part of my life for, for all 43 years because I had to share things with him and, and open up to him in ways that he was, and he brought these things to life in a way that you have to have extreme empathy and extreme uh, compassion to understand how to bring somebody's story to life in the way that he did and, it's it's uh, he's just an amazing dude not just not just an artist i mean he's just an amazing person so you know that for people to have connected with it with that it's just uh it's it's one of those really things like man we made a thing and and the kind of stories that we're getting back from it and and hearing people's reaction to it is just this is what kind of being a content creator is right this is like we're we're making things and it's touching people and that's awesome you know, uh, Dap and I met Jorge. What Dap? Like, how long? Baltimore. Was that Baltimore? Our only like Baltimore appearance. Eight, ten years ago. I don't know. It was a long time ago, right? Yeah, it was, it was a long time ago. Um, before I, I don't even know he'd done any published work yet. It was, and weirdly enough, I think he was I doing some Teen Titans Go stuff. Okay, I was going to say I don't remember why I remember this, but I remember in Artist Alley he was sitting next to Ariella Christentina yep. before she had done anything published. Uh, and right. Got, but anyway, um, how did you hook up with him? I don't remember that story. So Jorge, um, I met Jorge for the first time. I went to speak at SCAD in Atlanta mm-hmm. years ago with, with me and CB. Uh, went down to SCAD in Atlanta. Uh, Sean Crystal was the head of that department. I was going to ask, is that where Sean was teaching? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sean, Sean was teaching down there. He, he, he ran the sequential department on the, in the Atlanta campus. And uh, CB and I went down to speak. And uh, afterwards, you know, we always go back to the hotel bar that the hotel that they put us up at and the bar's really great. And so we're having drinks and they usually let, you know, I guess it's kind of known that that's where the speakers will go afterwards. So Jorge at the time was in, uh, going to SCAD, but in the Atlanta campus and Jorge's from Venezuela. So he was, he had come over here. Uh, and I, I feel like he was working on his master's cause he was, he's a little older than the rest of the students, but he was at, at, um, at the, the Atlanta campus and him and Morgan, who at the time were just friends. Now they're married um decided like oh like scotty and cb are up in atlanta and you know like let's let's drive up there they they kind of knew like everybody hangs out at the bar afterwards so they came up and we met up there and it was cool they were really chill and and uh you know we ended up seeing his work it was cool and then it wasn't too long after like he you know like you said he did those teen time to go stuff but that was pretty on on model but then he did that a boom book called feathers and that book came out and I was like, 
And I just talked about it online. It was like, I, I don't even know that I put two and two together that it was Jorge that I, you know, that I had met, but I remember talking about it online and, um, Phil Savlik over at boom, you know, everybody I was like, cool, we'll send you some stuff. So they sent me copies and Jorge was a pretty and I looked at that. And then after that, I just, when I, this is about the time where I was like, I think I'm going to start writing and see if other people want to draw some of the stuff I write. And I can't remember what he was working on at the moment, but I just remember feathers and then something popped up online and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to reach out to him. And I called him up. I was like, I don't have anything yet, but I like, would you ever want to do a project with me? He's like, that'd be great. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So like if I find, if I figure out something, I'll hit you up. And we kind of, we kind of loosely kept in contact. And then, um, uh, middle West came up. And at first I was working on, at first a friend of mine from an old friend from Chicago was going to do it. But then he, he ended up, uh, he did a couple amazing drawings and it was a very different version of it. It was way less personal and way more, um, fantasy based when I first thought of it. Um, and he ended up going off to become a big baller at DreamWorks and directing. <laughs> so he was like, Scotty, I'm so sorry. I've got this offer to do this. I was like, dude, you do not apologize. You go get yours. Right. Like, cause I was like, I was like, at this point, I was like, I have no idea. Like, and his name was John Lasseter. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so then I was like, okay, cool. So I started thinking, I was like, Jorge was working on some project that I, Oh, he was working on big trouble in little China. Oh, okay. That's right. And I was like, I was like, man, he's really dope. Like, he's really, really dope. So I, re- I was like, hey, man, I think I got a thing. And I pitched it to him. And he was like, that sounds really cool. So he was in instantly. Um, and yeah, that's so that's a kind of our short history of just, you know, there was a period of, you know, maybe three or four years of us just keeping in contact. Like, when I find somebody that I think is awesome, I'm like, I don't have anything now. But like, what's your interest level in x y or z and if they say oh yeah then i'm like cool i'll think like if anything pops up you're definitely in in like the top level of my rolodex that i want to hit back up you know so the um the first issue of the new series which is freaking gorgeous uh and a cool story i dig the hook um that's listed as as a mini series it it, was that Mm um is that just this particular story is that just something that you guys thought to do who came up with the idea actually for the me you love in the dark uh the me you love in the dark is such a cool story i think on how it came about because jorge was wrapping up the i can't remember if he's the last couple or literally the last issue of of middle west um i had i had it all written and he was working on the last issue or two and i drove out to colorado uh, to stay with him and his wife Morgan, with the intent of cooking up whatever project we were going to do next, because we just were like, "This is a great." I mean, we we clicked in a way that I had never clicked with a collaborator. It was just seamless. Um, this was our email exchanges when he turned pages in. This is amazing. This is amazing. This is perfect. This is amazing. I'm so tired of saying this is amazing. <laughs> it's just that over and over. Right? So it was just flawless. Um, so I drove to Colorado. He and I would wake up in the morning. We'd roll to somewhere for breakfast and coffee. And we'd start brainstorming. And eventually we'd roll somewhere for lunch and keep brainstorming. And eventually land at a bar in the afternoon and drink and brainstorm. And we just did that for a week. 
and over the course of that week, we, you know, we, we were listing genres, we were listing movies we love, like just really going through that process of like, all right, where are you at? Like, what do you, like, what kind of people, you know, and we're just, and, and by the end of the week, we had three concepts kind of like in front of us that, that we really liked. And two of them we had pretty mapped out, like, you know, just me pacing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pacer when I think. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I just kind of hop up and start pacing the room. Uh, while shouting out ideas to throw up on the board. So we did that and two of those ideas got, we had three ideas and two of them were pretty fleshed out. And, and uh, I, cause at first I was like, I, 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 my first sentence was, I want to do a love story at some point. I just want to tell a love story. And really actually I want to do a romantic comedy. I was like, I just want to do a romantic comedy in comics, <laughs> right? A rom straight up rom-com, like no money, just straight up. And then I was like, so we wrote that, and then you know, like, Corey, like, you can know you what? draw Meg Ryan? Can you draw Meg Ryan? Yeah, can you do Young Julia Meg Roberts Ryan. in Notting Hill? Should we just adapt Notting Hill? Who uh, died? Um, so I was like, <laughs> chicks did great. Um, they. So I, then I was like, I don't. I said I'm. I'm not the biggest horror movie fan, but every now and then I have this urge to like take a run at like a a horror story simply because it's like, I feel like it's something nobody would think that I would do. I'm the fucking baby cover guy or the comedy guy, right? Like those are the two things I was like, it'd be fun to do something horror. And it's not necessarily something that I would draw myself ever. Right. So, and then somewhere, I can't even remember which one of us said it. I don't know if it was just a natural thing, but then we were like, well, what if we took these two things and combined them like the love story and the, and the horror story? And as we started talking that, through that last couple of days, that that's the one. And, and, and we were like, so which one do you want to do next? And we, we definitely did know that, that we were aiming, you know, we had just done an 18 issue series and I had, you know, right before that with, with, I had fairly, and I did a 20 issue series and, you know, you guys know that, you know, I, you know, I with rocket raccoon. I had written again, a 2024 issue series. And with Oz, I did a, God, I don't know. That was six trade paperbacks. So I don't even know, you know, I don't know how many issues of that that was. You know, I worked on that for six years. So I had done these giant projects that took, you know, years and years to accomplish. And I was like, Jorge's so fast. He's just so fast. I don't even know how he does it. <laughs> um, but I was like, we should, because of what, like, we should utilize what our skill sets are. We're both pretty driven, hard workers, and we grind it out. So I was like, we should take, we should capitalize on that and just like, do all the stories that we want to do. And to do that, let's boil it. Let's, let's tell some shorter stories. So, um, so yeah, the media love in the dark was, which we didn't have titled at the time. We were just like the love, the horse love story or whatever. We kind of hammered that out. And uh, as I started thinking about it, we, as, <coughs> excuse me, over the next couple of days, I started plotting it. I was like, I know this probably isn't the funnest book that you're going to ever draw because the way that I'm envisioning it is very much like a, you know, a play. It's very, you know, it's going to be very quiet and at least for a while. Um, but I really think this is, should be the next book we do because it's so different than middle West. It's so different than all your books you've done. It's, it's so different than all the books I've done. And, uh, and it was really cool because I, that, this was February, this was February of 2020, by the way. Um, so we didn't know it was coming. Uh, we were so hopeful. <laughs> we were like young and hopeful. Big, yeah. Um, so I literally, uh, I was supposed to drive back 
from Colorado, from Denver to, to Kansas City. And instead, I got a hotel room there in Denver uh, for a couple of days because I just wanted to keep the momentum of, of this concept. And I plotted out all five issues, like page to page plots for the entire series um, while I was at this hotel. And then because I was in such the mode and in the momentum, I called Casey back in Kansas City and I was like, could you find me an Airbnb somewhere in town in, in Kansas City? that kind of has like a old, you know, wood feel creepy feeling, you know, like some bungalow or something. So she found me this Airbnb that was exactly that. So I drove back from Denver, went straight to this Airbnb. Um, and I posted up there for a week and I wrote the series. <laughs> Just, I like, I literally shut the blinds. I bought, I was stuffed at Target. I bought a bunch of candles. Uh, I pumped creepy i shut all the blinds all day and night pumped a bunch of creepy music and just wrote scripts uh and stayed in that mode and it was so weird and cool and i've never done anything like that um little did i know that you know a couple months later the entire world would shut down <laughs> and this weird story about a you know a, a girl artist you know a woman artist trapped in a house is <laughs> gonna be <laughs> weirdly prescient um because a lot of the questions in interviews now are like, so this is your reflection on it? And I was like, it's super not. Yeah, like, it's you're right. accidental. <laughs> Dude, isn't that funny, though? So, yeah, like, and I, uh, like, I think that's the magic of storytelling is people can find connectivity, like, you know, like in ways that aren't even intentional. Like, like you know, as you know, we had uh, we had Lemire on a couple weeks ago and uh you know, he wrote Sweet Tooth a decade ago, or more than a decade ago, you know, and it's like yeah. we're watching it. I'm sure like, you know, like half the world watching it on Netflix and and my, you know, holding my youngest kid. I was like, Dad, like so smart of him to like create this during the pandemic. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, buddy, I'm like, <laughs> he literally yeah. I mean, I'm like, I like I own pages from this comic from 12 years ago. Like, he, you know, right. I mean, this this is it's just, yeah, it's, it's the timing is what it is. Right. Like, it's not like. Right. <laughs> Yeah, man. Dude, that's... Casey and I are still, uh, still like the production company that made Sweet Tooth sent us a promo package. I and saw, dude. You got a... the fucking giant bar. Did you of see that? It's, we're still eating it. Like every night when the kids go to bed, we're like, "You want some of that chocolate?" That's <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have to. We have to shout out Kat Salazar. She sent uh, you know this, but she sent us the first three issues of uh, the Me You Love in the Dark to uh, to read. Awesome. So. Yeah, man, it's great. Um, no, I need the other two. I gotta say, it's a weird thing. Like, I don't know if it's intentional, but that's this is a couple times in a row now. Like, Image has sent us three issues of like a five issue series. <laughs> it's like, right. it's like, it's like cool, but I'm like, damn, now I gotta wait a minute for these last two issues. You know, like they well, did it. Um, we, we, yeah. No, okay. no, I was gonna say they did it with well, Declan Shalvey with Time Before Time. They did it with. Uh, Stray dogs, uh, as well. Like, like I, I guess it's their new models, like sending three issues. And like, I think even and with yours, same. Like, like they, they. It seems like the first and second issues are generally like in the can and finished, but the third issues like not. It's I guess it's like seeing a screener before all the special effects are finally put, are fully put in. You know, so it's right. it's an interesting process. Well, it, it's yeah. For ours, it's it's interesting because we we were done. I mean, we're done now. Like the book's done. It's been done for a while. Mm -hmm. um, because I wrote it so early, and even with us pause, like we paused it during shutdown because we were a little 
A, we didn't know you. Well, you know, you and I know, you know, this, you and I had a lot of phone conversations during my five mile walks in the morning yeah, man. about if this industry, if this industry is going to survive, <laughs> yeah. um, it survived. You know, and there was a moment it did, it really did. And, and there was a moment there where Jorge and I was like, we questioned like if this was the right book to, to launch out of, uh, the year that was 2020 with, because it was dark and it was depressing. And, uh, and it felt a little heavy and, you know, but then I, you know, eventually we just were like, you know what, we're, we're down the tunnel too far, man. We just like, let's do it. And if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll get back on the saddle again. But it's kind of interesting. I, you know what, every time I think something's not going to work, it really, it just surprises the shit out of me and goes the complete opposite direction. And we were pretty, we were pretty nervous about this one because, you know, many series are traditionally aren't like super, you know, ordered huge and, um, uh, and we're, we're coming out of a very tough year. So there was just a lot of like unknowns for us. And, uh, I can't, I can't thank retailers and, and readers enough for like showing up for this book in big, big ways. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, um, you know, we've, uh, we talked long enough with burying the lead cause I'm sure everyone's like, Oh, Scotty's on. I, I know what we're going to talk about. Um, the, 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 uh, you know, listen, comics are much more in the mainstream media than they used to be. You know, it's not every week or two, you'll see something on the Hollywood Reporter, like, you know, when Didio gets sacked or CB gets made EIC, like, you know, it, it stuff gets its love. It's not like it's it's not like it's own, sure. in its own little corner anymore. But, you know, it's not too often that there's a, you know, a, a headline on The New York Times about it. And uh, that happened this week because The New York Times did a big expose about the fact that this little hot tech startup called Substack. Substack, I get that right. Right, that's right. Is that right? You got it. You nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, uh, Is uh, is expanding from their existing model into other areas, including comic books. And then, like a fucking floodgate opened up, where uh, literally like half of the top creators uh, in 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 previous each month have now uh, in different ways come out and uh, said I'm, uh, I'm I'm a part of this I'm 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 jumping into to Substack now uh, now you know of course of all of the people that uh, that have announced that uh, you are certainly our, our our personal favorite and and certainly our closest friend so we're thrilled that you can come on and and talk about it but uh tell us about the about Substack man because I mean I'll give them credit, dude. Like, like, uh, they're making moves, not faking moves. Like if you're going to, you know, if you're going to say we're going to get into comics, like they, they're, you know, they, they're going in two feet first with, with the cinder block tie. I mean, they're, they're in, they're in it. Yeah, man. Um, you know, Substack. let's just like, first, let's just say, you know, a lot of, I saw a lot of like funny jokes online, like, Oh God, now I got to go learn what a Substack is. And I mean, you know, it's funny, but also like, I mean, we all jumped on Twitter. What was a Twitter, right? Yeah. What's an Instagram? Like, what, like, these are made up words. These literally are made up words, right? Like TikTok. So, right? like TikTok. Yes. <laughs> these are all like all of these things. This is everything. Um, Blogspot. What? I mean, twenty years ago, we were on. We were all on Blogspot.com. That I don't even. That sounds illegal. I feel like, right? Like that's a, that sounds like some nefarious illegal shit. We were all on um, Tumblr and then it like pretty much became illegal. So that, that actually did become illegal. <laughs> I can't believe we're not all in prison. Um, no, I mean, Substack is just another, it's a, it's another platform for, uh, I don't, you know, I don't even want to say creatives because it's not just that it is a, 
I would say it's a communication platform. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it started off, I think, four years ago with with, with uh, journalists, uh, where I, you know, I believe, uh, and I'm going to go on. I, this is my very surface level education, um, but a lot of journalists who were becoming wary of all their outlets and how heavily they're edited and what agendas mean to everybody. And it it seemed to become a place where you could go and create a subscription service for your brand of journalism uh, without editorial oversight, uh, telling you what you can and can't report on because we know that a lot of journal journalistic uh, or or, or journalistic outlets are, owned by bigger corporations and, and, you know, they all have their own interests, which is fine. I mean, everybody owns everybody. Right. Um, so it starts off at that. Um, I think over time, you know, they start reaching out to more entertainment based where it's not just about reporting the world outside of your window. It, you know, they start reaching out to, um, sports writers, uh, novelists, you know, so it starts expanding into entertainment. Um, so it was only a matter of time before, I mean, the biggest, you know, what, what a Marvel, Marvel movies make what? 20, 20 billion dollars. You know, like it's like the biggest form of entertainment out there is the comic book movie at the, at the moment. So it was only a matter of time before they kind of discovered uh, our corner of the universe uh, as far as sharing our, our world. And I mean, a lot of the credit of that has to go to, I think, Nick Spencer, because I, you know, I think Nick Spencer brought this to their, to their attention and, and help them craft this new idea of like reaching out to, uh, you know, today's comic book creators and, and having some conversations about, you know, what you'd like to do and what kind of uh, stories and you'd like to share with the world or what kind of things can you offer to the world? I mean, you know, it's like Scott Snyder's instance where he's teaching writing classes through Substack, you know, so it's, 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 uh, it's, it's really like a mixture between, blog slash I, I mean i'll say website loosely but i mean my my version of explain my simple explanation is this is a blog meets a news a email newsletter you know it's somewhere in there it's a it's a newsletter that archives itself on a blog platform and and it you know that's the kind of the basis that's kind of the base floor of it um but you know what we've all been you know given the opportunity to do is come on and uh, you know, been given some funds to be able to create um, a lot of really cool content uh, that we can offer, not just, uh, you know, the free signups, but also create some cool, like, premium subscription tiers for people who really want to kind of invest in their favorite creators. Look at you. you did, it's almost like, did you practice that? that was, <laughs> homie, homie, can I just tell you? <laughs> As soon as I finished that, I was like, did I just say all that? I was like, I've never, I literally have not mentioned or written or said any of that yet. In fact, I'm mad that I didn't write all. Let's footnote this for <laughs> Megan. Like, hey, hey, Megan, uh, great, great screen, screen. We'll, okay, we'll send you the audio of that. You can put. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I was like, literally, I swear to God, I took the pause. I took a drink of water. I was like, why didn't I type all that in my first fucking post? God so so now i mean yeah like you said it's 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 basically a platform and and you and everyone that's getting involved you know we've seen i guess like with anything you've, you've we've seen a range of uh of of uh of commitment meaning like you know uh, james tynan is it tynan or tinian do you know that i i, was... I think it's i think it's i think it's 
I I've always said Tinian, but don't go, don't go. Listen, I've yeah. I've worked with uh, John Francois Bilal for 16 years. He's been my colorist. Um, I I I said his name on a podcast a while ago, and his wife was like, "No, you totally got that wrong." Damn. Oh, well, <laughs> so, yeah. I don't. I, well, and I, I, I only bring up because you know he he he's in and he he's I mean he's like the, he let he let forth a lengthy discussion of all the things he's planning on offering and it's 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 pretty right. it's 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 uh it's auspicious let's put it that way you you did uh in your inimitable way you know a little little post and you know join about what you plan on doing and we're going to get to that um but like it varies like you said like schneider who is 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 not an illustrator in his own right he's a writer he's he's going to do this teaching thing and like different people seem to be seeming are seemingly going to use the platform for different things so i guess my right. my first question is um is because uh, it's not clear to me yet. Um, is there exclusivity in 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 any way? Meaning, like uh, I presume this, there's no rule that you all can't or won't continue to work with other com with comics companies, right? Like that's kind of part and parcel for this, right? Correct. There is no exclusivity. I mean, um, yeah, this is a platform for us to communicate with our audience, communicate with our community, build a community. Uh, create content, share content, give away whatever we want, sell whatever we want, um, and and we can publish wherever else we want. We can work for whoever. Yeah, there is there is zero exclusivity. Um, you know, there obviously are people who are choosing to say, hey, uh, what I was doing before is is no longer what I want to be doing, so I'm going to be focusing on that, and that's awesome for them. Um, you know, everybody is is following whatever path they want. I, uh, you know, I've. I've been doing a version of this through, you know, my company, stupid fresh mess for a really long time. So this isn't something that's very different for me other than um, it's given me kind of a little better platform to kind of workshop and develop some new things and, and put, throw it over a, a little premium subscription wall for people to check out if they want and, and do some fun stuff and, and take a little bit of the funds and create some like cool audio commentaries and stuff like that. But there's definitely no, um, there's no exclusivity uh, attached to this at all. All right, cool. Um, and I, I won't, uh, I will not make you uh, share your personal financial details on the air, my friend. But, but, um, but I will say, that I'm going to run through for our audience because we've got a lot of questions. How I understand the over, the general model to work, and then you tell me if I have it wrong. My understanding is Substack is, and not this is not just for comics creator. This is just their general methodology when they're trying to attract like pros, like pro, pro professionals. Um, they they have a, a they they grant you they basically give you an upfront payment or they 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 guarantee you an amount of money it's like it's not necessarily upfront like quarterly or whatever but but it's an amount of money we're going to offer you this amount of money in the form of a grant so it's not like a book publisher where you make it in advance and then you have to earn out against that advance so you get the money and then there's a minimum set of 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 publishing requirements that you know I don't know if they vary depending on what kind of person or creator you are but like that you have to do x number of posts per month or annum and then basically the financials as i understand it is they get the lion's share of the subscription monies in year one as basically a way for them to recoup the guarantee and then beyond that it flips where if you if you're successful and you continue using the platform you guys basically get 90 percent and they keep 10 as a vig from that point forward do i have that basically right I believe so. I mean, that's the, that's the, I mean, if you go, if anybody goes to Substack right now and signs up and clicks, um, accept paid subscriptions, that's the deal for everyone. 
Like well, except there, except I right. wouldn't be getting a nice advance. Is my point against like the no, yes, yeah. I mean that that's the different there. Yeah, I mean there's the pro the pro side of it is that you know yes there is there there is some um, there is some funding there up front and yeah. but the back end stuff like what you said is is it's kind of the cool thing. It's like we don't enjoy anything more than what anybody else could go and sign up for right now. Like any anybody who's like you know what I want to share some of my thoughts can go to Substack sign it for an account, click accept page subscriptions, and that's the exact same deal they're going to get. And in fact, no, I, I mean, no, they, they get the 90-10 right out of the gate, I believe. Okay. Like, I think, I think, I think any, any, anybody who signs up today gets the 90-10 like straight out of the gate. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, yeah. Uh, and again, I can't, I can't mention, I, I, I don't know what everybody's deal is. I don't know if they're all. No, boys, I, 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 yeah, I, that's I what I'm no, saying. I'm, I'm sure yeah. everyone's got little different yeah. nuances depending. I mean, I'm sure you know, you or Scott Snyder aren't getting the same as like, you know, Dap and I, when I, we start ours, but you know, the point is, is right, right. that's generally the model. Right. I know people are kind of like, I don't get it. Like, how are they going to make money? But you know, and that's, and then ultimately, look, this is a, a young startup company for those that don't know, they raised $65 million. This is all public information, by the way, like for people, yeah, in yeah. My life, they raised $65 million in a venture series B round a couple months ago. And, and that money was specifically to Matt, try and massively grow the platform and reach and scale. And, and, and this is part of that. I mean, this is one one avenue. I mean, they're 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 attacking sports journalism and you know podcasting. I mean, they're they're trying to to reach lots of different audiences that have uh, enough of a fandom that you can create a sustainable subscription model. So so it's you know, and this is part of it. But but I guess what's what's been notable is the magnitude of like the deluge. As if like all of you, you know, it, it isn't like oh one or two of you started doing it and then because like Kickstarter, right? Like like you know a few people did Kickstarter. It was like oh yeah, I know someone that did that. That worked out well. And then it kind of built right. over time into a crescendo. Whereas from from the com from the vantage point of comics fans right now, it just seems like you all kind of like this is almost like uh you know like like and like and like like a takeover like the nwo like you all like planned this and then like all right it's time like we're gonna all like we're, we're like we're all unveiling that we're like you know it just it feels like it's a much more coordinated like holy shit there's a takeover and and it, you know is part of that perception versus reality and also is that just really a function like you said of of nick spencer got involved with these guys and, and kind of became the showrunner and and inherently he started lining up people that he thought could bring value to the platform and it just so happens that it's like happening very quickly i guess so i mean listen i'll be i'll be completely honest i think uh i mean day one launch day uh i don't know how many people knew i'm talking about our side uh i i could have told you the guys the people the the men and women that were launching on day one i didn't know like i knew what i was dealing with like i just knew the conversations i was having with the company um, you know, I mean, I clearly understood that I was not, <laughs> I wasn't the chosen one, right. I understood that I wasn't going to be the only one with this, but, um, you know, until, until, uh, days ago, like th there wasn't, yeah, it definitely wasn't. I mean, I can't, again, I cannot speak to anything the company was doing. Uh, I have no, I have no knowledge of that. Um, but I definitely can say that, you know, I wasn't sitting on a list of names knowing who was coming, like. Uh, I just knew I was like, oh, this is going to be a cool thing, and like for me, and uh, you know, I kind of already do this kind of thing with my company, and this is going to be kind of fun, and and that's really what I was focused on. I didn't really, I didn't know who was doing it, how many people were doing it, any of that stuff. It was really like, oh, cool, this is a this is a really fun thing, and what a cool opportunity, you know? Um, because I don't I don't know that people sometimes I don't know that if if people really realize like 
um, when they see these image books and stuff, like when, when these image books come out, like we're not paid to do those, you know, like those are all, those are all us doing them for free until we get money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, I didn't make any money on middle West until middle West started selling. And even then I didn't make money on it for a while until it made its money back. Right. Like, so it's all a gamble, like create your own books are a gamble all the time. Um, which I like taking those gambles because I, I do want to try to, to, to make the stories I want to tell, but it is definitely one of those things where I think some people think that we're like, we're all sitting on all this money and like these create our own books are just being paid for, but they're really all risks. Um, and so when, when an opportunity comes along where a platform is offering you, not just a, uh, a, a place to tell your stories and not just tell stories, but a place to share the process of those stories and share how you make them and share the ups and downs and the hardships and, the, and the ins and outs of, you know, creator own comics versus work for higher comics. And which is again, a lot of stuff that I plan on doing with, with, with this platform, you know, when that comes along and says, Hey, we will help fund some of this for you. If you really just go and explore creativity and, you know, you want to be able to pay some, some of the top, artists to draw some of these projects with you or create these books with you or get some of the top editors or if you want to start making videos and you want to go out and hire a film crew to come like there is these are all types of things that you that you can do when when these opportunities come along so um yeah i i can't speak to if it was a coordinated effort i mean obviously it probably was on the company's end as far as the creators go I mean, I guarantee everybody else was like me. We're all in a, we're all in our room, like we usually are alone, thinking up nerdy shit to share with the world. You know, right? Yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. Um, now on the pricing, uh, do you guys just is it just you each have just complete control over that? And I because I like to, for those that don't know that are listening, like with Patreon, those of you that are, are patrons, we love you, and and there's still plenty of room for more of you. But you know, with Patreon, it's it's just basically a blank canvas. I mean, we. We yeah. we have we have full control over over of the tiers the the amounts you know what we offer on the tiers how many we offer like it's it's completely fungible is this the same with Substack like you your pricing for those that don't know Scotty's pricing is uh, seven dollars a month seventy five dollars mm-hmm. a year or your boss level which is three hundred dollars a year and uh, each of those things comes with a respectively different set of uh, of of of, uh, of of things that are included um but like right. i assume you came up with that and like do they have consultants where they say to you like hey you know seven like like seven bucks is a is an odd number to me um you know it's it's uh so you know the business the finance guy in me says like i want to know why why seven why not eight why not five why not ten um seven was like the default number okay <laughs> That's what I'm asking. So, so they, I'm wondering, like, <laughs> yeah. what, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by, like, so they, like, why, like, I'd love, I gotta ask them, like, why, like, why is seven the default number, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I hate that seven's the default number because I just don't like the number. I don't like odd numbers, but I toyed with, we toyed with eight for a minute, but then we're like, no, nah, I mean, seven. I was like, well, for some reason, they picked seven as the default number. And there's been a lot of people that did this before me. So, uh, let's do this. I mean, you know, the $300 tier was a little bit more specific for us on what we were going to offer because, you know, we're offering like, uh, two copies of an exclusive variant for the relaunch of I hate Freeland that will only be available to Substack boss level subscribers for that year. So we clearly know the value of that and, and what we, what we would be getting for that if we just launched that through our store. 
So that's much more of a you know, calculated price for us. The 75 is just making sure that we give you a discount. You know, if it's $7 a right, month, right. we know we, we, we plug in to make sure we gave you $9 off the entire year. Mm-hmm. If you, if you subscribed all at once, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm again, so the big news here, at least for your involvement is that, um, you aren't just going to be blogging about process and you're not just going to be teaching people how you write. You have done something that I think a lot of people were, were, desperately hoping you would do at some point which is you are bringing back i hate fairyland yes uh i announced it there on the Substack that you know i've been you know posting a lot about fairyland lately and and gert and and getting people kind of excited and everybody's kind of getting drummed up so because i knew this was coming and i was going to announce it here so um if you guys subscribe even at the free level uh you know you're i have a post coming next week that's going to detail out my plans for I Hate Fairyland, which are going to take place, you know, two different two different courses, one for the Substack and one for uh, you know retailers and, and Image Comics. So, I've got uh, it's a two pronged attack for Gur and all of her friends that are going to take place digitally on Substack. Uh, you know, right after you're going to see something different at Image, um, and and a lot of cool fun stuff, and that'll be in a post coming for everybody next week. And I, I, you know, I do want to say like, I want to make sure that everybody knows this, like the free posts are not just going to be, Hey, uh, this book is on shelves Wednesday. (laughs) Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, (laughs) I feel like that's what a lot of people think. Um, and for me, I, I intend on putting a lot of my best stuff on the free posts because my, my audience is the, the audience is the, is the co- community is more important to me than content. Uh, I will always create content. Uh, that's going to happen regardless. Community is important to me. Um, I want to share it. You know, you guys are going to, the, the free side is going to, and you guys, uh, whether you, I, I don't know that you guys subscribe to my newsletter, but if anybody remembers that, you know, a couple months ago, I got pretty open about, you know, my Peloton journey and like, and how I felt about myself and, you know, just like really personal stuff. Like that stuff's not going over a paywall. That's like, I'm still going to open, like pull back the curtain to life and what it's like to be just a person, right? not just a comic book creator, but those kind of things are still all going to be free. Like you're still going to see all that kind of stuff on the free stuff. The, 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 the premium stuff is going to be, you know, if you're a really a nerd and you really want to be like, man, I want to know what he was thinking about every panel of issue one of Fairyland. Then I'm going to I'm going to give you a download free downloads of pretty much the first trade of I hate Fairyland. And I'm going to do audio commentary for the entire trade. Um, you know, it, so it's like that stuff's going to be more for like the people who are like, Fuck, man, I want to spend my days getting really nerdy. You know, um, that's kind of, the, you know, along with some of the digital comics on the other side. But the so I encourage everybody, regardless, this isn't me giving you a sales pitch or being like, please come give me your money. It's really say just sign up if you want to, like, still an insight to what it's like to be a comic book person, you know, and write and draw and still be a dad, still be a husband and still be a friend to dope dudes who have podcasts. And you feel like, man, why haven't I read enough comics to go on and talk about comics with them in a while? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know we, we, we can't even ask you what you're reading because I don't think you're reading much right now. <laughs> Dude, it's it's embarrassing, man. It really – I mean, I've watched a lot of Bachelorette, if you guys want to talk about Bachelorette. Uh, <laughs> oh, David, are you Batch Nation? No. No. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, man. Teach me. 
Tease me for a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, 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 my wife loves The Bachelor, Bachelorette, and I, I hate watch it occasionally because, like, I find it like infuriating. Like the whole thing seems so ridiculous to me, but like I'm, you know I'm fine with like I'm fine with like people wearing spandex and having magical powers like that makes sense to me but like this idea that these 30 people all profess to fall in love with someone they spend like 12 hours with all in for like two weeks is just fascinating to me like, just can, like I, can i tell you what it can i tell you what it is for me mm-hmm. it's wrestling it's wrestling but for people who like love and sex <laughs> it's like it's like professional it's like wwe that's what when I watch yeah. Bachelor of Bachelorette, Casey and I treat it like we're watching The Undertaker fight a match. <laughs> like it's so cartoony and pretend that we're like we have drinking games that we play. So every time they say the word journey, every time they say the uh, word <laughs> vulnerable, because that's a very new popular word, everybody likes to say that they're vulnerable. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's our Tuesday nights. It's our Tuesday night. Uh, um, at home date night. No, nah, it's all it's all good. It's all good. Right, listen, so so let's 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 not let's not get away from Fairyland here. So you haven't okay. you haven't uh, drawn professionally in a minute. Well, yeah. Let me let me let me recant that. You you haven't drawn interior sequentials professionally in a minute. You you obviously put out tons of daily sketches and illustrations through your site, and you obviously do tons of covers still. So that wasn't a fair characterization. You still are drawing, but but I mean, you haven't been a sequential storyteller of your own work in or other people's work in a in a couple of years now, right? So like, uh, right. are you are you nervous to put pen to, to to paper again? Like, is there like a is it well, like riding a bike, or are you like holy shit? I uh, I don't remember how to do this. Um, I'm not. I'm not that nervous. I mean, uh, I, again, still doing as many covers as I've done and the daily sketches that I still maintain and do. Like, you know, it's, I'm still in practice. Yeah, sequentials aren't. But I, I feel like as soon as I jump back into my mood, I realize like, oh yeah, like sequentials. I don't have to draw all the whole body every time. And you know, you can. Um, also, you know, again, once you see the details of my plan, I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm bringing some stuff back. My sequentials that I'm going to be doing are going to be on a couple different projects as well. So you're going to see me doing some I Hate Fairyland stuff. But I really plan on using the Substack thing as, as testing out some weird kind of uh, – I don't want to say it yet because I, you know anybody that listens to this that knows my, my daily sketches and knows my Instagram and my blogs over the years, they're going to pick up on this a little bit. But there's definitely a property that everybody has seen me take a stab at over oh, the years yeah. and they're constantly – and they're constantly asking me when this is going to be a thing. And and honestly, I've always been like, I'm just waiting for the time. And I honestly feel like this coming along was like a perfect message to say, you know what? There's no better time to risk on this weird, weird, esoteric, you know, emo project <laughs> than right now with this kind of creative platform and and somebody saying, hey, go go give the world something that they haven't seen yet. So, yeah, I've got some I've got a lot of interesting really fun plans that I'm very excited about to express myself and, and, you know, not only bring back some old favorites, like I hate Fairyland, um, but also, you know, show some people that I'm, I got some other things up my sleeve and, and try some new things that challenge me in different ways, you know, like that, that I just want to dive into it, which I know is all amazingly vague. And I think your listeners are probably like this guy, 
<laughs> go fuck yourself. No, I mean, but it's it's um, an interesting. I mean, because like, I'm, I'm not trying to pigeonhole. Like, there, there's you know, there are there's a group of you you all that are writer that are writer artists, right? Like, you know, and and right. some people are awesome writers, and that's what they do. Some people are awesome illustrators, that they do. And then there's some of y'all that do both. And like, you know, when I think about like your, you know, and 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 those 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 of your contemporaries that are among my faves, you know, you, aside from yourself. You know, like like Kent or or Jeff Lemire. You know, mm-hmm. like like I, I was thinking about it. Like I don't think I can't think of a time where they didn't continue at least to put out like a book that they drew. And so right. you know, I'm curious. Um, you know, now that you're kind of getting back in the saddle, like, did you when you hung up your your pen and sequentials for a minute, like, did you have a plan? Like, I'm going to take a couple months off, and it just became more, or was it like? I don't know. Like, I, I'm just, I'm, I can't, I'm sure we talked about this at the time, but like, what was the impetus and did it go longer or as long as you had planned? Or were you just like, I'm going to not draw until I'm inspired to draw again? I'm just curious, like, you know, cause I, I can't think of another person that I consider a contemporary of yours that, that, that took that much time off of doing your own stuff. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it definitely was longer than I thought it was going to be. And that mm-hmm. wasn't intentional. It was, it was, um, you know, writing was something that I had started to do and, and I found it and it obviously worked. I think, it, you know, it worked commercially and it worked personally for me when I was writing and drawing my own stuff because clearly I knew how to write for myself. Um, but there really was that challenge that I wanted to take on of like, what happens when I explore other content that maybe I'm not the best fit for visually what does that look like? So I thought, oh, I'll take a year. That was my initial thought. It was like, I'll take a year, you know, I'll 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 do I'll write Bully Wars and I'll write Middle West and I'll start crafting the thing I'm gonna draw next, you know? And during that process, you know, we moved to Kansas City, so life starts happening and um Middle West is starting to wrap up. And, and, and honestly, I thought that was going to, I really thought 2020 was going to be the year I did it. And in fact, you could probably go back to a newsletter or a post of some sort. And it, I probably said, I'm going to draw something. You know, I probably announced that because, well, I'm going to be at home a lot. So I think I was pompous and probably a little arrogant. and was like, guys, don't get depressed. Use this time to make some shit. Right. You know, Meanwhile, I'm like, <laughs> you know, um, because it was a really, really fucking hard year, right? Like, um, so yeah, it, it definitely the sabbatical from interiors was longer than I expected, but I was okay with that because I felt like I was meeting challenges on a writing front that I didn't expect that I was going to meet, and I was really happy with that. And I also didn't anticipate, I also didn't anticipate Strange Academy at Marvel. Um, Take not only like it, you know, being greenlit and, and me being lucky enough to have Umberto team up with me and then have Marvel support us so well on just, you know, branching off into this kind of like side book. Um, but I also bit off a lot more than I anticipated because that was supposed to be a book with like four or five main characters. And I, and, and while we created a bunch of background characters, those background characters accidentally became main characters too. So, <laughs> All of a sudden, I found myself writing a book with like 11 main characters, uh, which is a difficult task. And you're writing it for one of your heroes, right? Like Umberto Ramos is the artist that I discovered, you know, at the end of high school when I wanted, decided that I wanted to start drawing comics. And now he is 
drawing a comic book that I write, which is no pressure at all. No big deal. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of things that popped up and these are all positive things. So you just do what you do, you roll with it. And, you know, like luckily the whole time I'm still drawing covers and still flexing my art skills a little bit. And, but I definitely am itching to get back to that, like, you know, that original thing that, you know, I got into this for, which is just sitting in a room by myself. And when I come out of it, there's a story and it was all me, you know, um, Though I will say, like, writing has made me appreciate collaboration in a way that being an artist in a collaboration never did. I, I, and I don't, I don't want anybody to take offense to that, but I always felt like as an artist, I, just, I was the end result, you know. People went off and made a thing and then they handed it to me and said, draw it, you know, uh, which is fine. That was fun. And I did, you know, I did it a lot. But the writing side, especially writing from an artist's point of view, when I when you know, when I get pages back from you know whether it's Jorge or you know I'm working with Kyle Strom now on a book um, or Aaron Conley when when I get these back man I'm an art nerd so I flip out like I am like when Umberto I don't um, the amount of times that I write some mushy email just when he sends a page it's not even an issue like I'm pretty you know what I'm just gonna. I'm going to read you what I wrote to Umberto today, just so you guys know <laughs> nice. that, I'm, that I'm exclusive. That I'm not, <laughs> yeah, this is this is. Uh, let me see. Was it today's? Um, all right, let me read through it real quick to make sure I don't say anything I'm not supposed to say. Uh, okay, all right. Umberto sends in a page. Okay, and just to let everybody know, I write a script, and Umberto Ramos he does a page a day like clockwork. Right, he doesn't send thumbnails for the beginning of the or the whole issue or whatever. You just wake up every day, and your inbox has a page of the script you wrote. Now that's a Substack right there. It's so cool, dude. Right. So I write to him today. No, was this was yesterday. I swear, there's not a better joy than this email chain because there's a bunch of people on this chain, right? Editors, colorists, TV. It's the one spot in life I know I will smile. When I open it, I'm so lucky to be a small part of you flexing all over fucking comics with these pages. Yeah. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You're a master. That's my day. That's what it's like to do a project with Umberto Ramos. Like, that's all I can say. I have to stop saying this is great. Oh my God, this is amazing. Cause I feel like he won't believe me. So every couple pages, I have to write something like this where I'm just gushing all over him because he's amazing. Yeah, that's like word for word what I sent Dap last week about what it's like working with him. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He's a fact. <laughs> uh, but now I'm going to go drink my $40 glass of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you, I, it, it's, I, 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 I split up my, my pull list between DCBS and, and the local spot, and I get that email whenever... My order's pulled, and and Strange Academy is on it, and and I just smile. It is, it's one of my favorite Marvel. It's not just one of my favorite Marvel books. It it is one of my favorite books. I mean, the characters you created, you and Berto created, but 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 I mean, what he's drawing is just it's. I mean, I could spend an episode just just blowing smoke just just for that, but um, that's awesome. Man. I'm Thank I'm you. I'm I'm glad you guys are doing it. It it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, Doctor Strange is is a favorite character of mine, but but to see. The new created the new characters you guys have brought to life and his his versions of 
Humberto's drawings of, of Ileana or, or Drum or any of the other right. magicians of the Marvel Universe. But then these young kids, and, and it was like, and normally with kids, I can kind of take them or leave them. And, and I, it's, it's, this is a case where I actually care about him. Even the characters that I'm like, well, this, this guy's just an idiot or, you know, he deserves what he gets. But I, I, I actually feel something for, for, for each of them. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is, it's, it's, it is definitely a bright spot in, uh, in uh, comics. Well, thank you, Dap. I, we, we appreciate that a lot. We, we love these kids and, and, uh, yeah, it's a much harder book than I anticipated. Uh, not hard in like, man, I can't figure it out, but just hard. And it takes time. Um, you know, Deadpool was a lot, you know, writing Deadpool for, for whatever, 15, 16 issues that I did. Uh, that was much easier because it's kind of one character. I weave other characters in and out. It's funny. You know, those scripts weren't as time intensive as it is. And, you know, Strange Academy is the first book where I was handed, where I, I was given the room, you know, I was, I was given guaranteed 24 issues to tell the story I wanted to tell. So, uh, you know, I went to, I went to them with a full plan of, of, uh, you know, these characters and, and this, this story that, where I wanted to take it. And, and, uh, I was like, to do this, I really, you know, need this room. And they were very cool to be like, cool. Like, I was like, I only want it to be me and Umberto. I don't want guest artists. Uh, I want to be able to tell the end of the story. Cause that's the end of the story is what it's all about. And, uh, they, they gave it to us. So, uh, but I also didn't realize how intensive that was going to be, <laughs> you know, where, where you have that many characters. So yeah, that's also been, um, you know, a, another little bit of a challenge on getting back to drawing some characters, but this whole situation now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm closer to the end than not, you know, I'm, I'm well over the halfway point to the end of my strange Academy story, uh, or the current version of it. And then, um, you know, I have a little bit more time to actually dive in to pages in earnest as far as just like, you know, longer form stories. But in the meantime, when you guys check out what I, what I have to post next week, you're going to, I think you're going to be pretty happy on the, the fairyland news. Very cool. And, and, and obviously your creator own stuff has, has pretty much been housed at image. So this might be a question for someone like, like Tinian or even if, Jeff Lemire gets on Substack, who's who's worked with other publishers. Is anything you create on Substack that 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 is new that you eventually decide to bring to print? This is still way early days, I understand. But is it is it something that already in your mind you're like, well, as soon as I go to print this, it's I'm I'm doing it an image. Are you planning on maybe shopping around to see if anybody else wants a bite, or has that even been a consideration yet? Um, at the moment, there's just no reason for me to think uh, to think outside of the image box simply because there's just really not a deal that's better right. than images. I mean, Makes it's sense. just I mean, I mean, somebody would basically just have to come and say, not only do you own everything and we don't take any money, but also we'll pay you all the money to make like you know it had to be something weird like that. And it's just image is such a good deal. I, I, there's just not many entertainment companies in the world like it. I'm not just talking about comics. I'm talking about entertainment in general. You know, there's almost no form of entertainment that you can make that, uh, that a company says, bring your property here. We'll publish it. We'll promote it. We'll, uh, you know, we'll put it out in the world and we won't take any rights. We won't take any of your cash outside of a little cut of like the trades. Um, you know, there's just nothing like it. Everybody else wants hands all over your shit, you know? Um, 
so for me you know image comics is image comics is what got me into comics uh image comics is definitely you know where i i envision my you know my comics staying i mean the other day there was a a news site and i they they fixed it so i'm not going to blow up their spot they were really cool about fixing it um but there was a news site that totally just i think conflated you know james's article maybe or or or, and i don't even know if that was true but uh james article mine it was basically like oh scotty young's leaving image and taking i hate failing with him and publishing on so i was like well i don't even know what in the world you guys read to get that conclusion because that is not what i said it you know i used my new newsletter which is my same newsletter just on a different platform to say hey by the way i'm letting you guys know i'm bringing i hate fairland back in the coming year that's it like i didn't say you're going to see some of that coming to life on my sub stack and you might see a little version of some things on here but i didn't say anything about any so i e- instantly emailed image and i was like guys First of all, I'm fixing it. Don't worry about it. But you guys are going to have to, you'll have to kick me out kicking and screaming. That's how, like, I'm <laughs> right or die right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I feel like Image really opened their doors to me when I came to them with I Hate Fairyland and um, Eric and, and Robert and everybody were in, in you know, Jeff Boysen up there and, and Kat. The whole squad at Image has always been so supportive of, of me and my books and been really, you know, they basically keep the door open for me for anything I want to do there. So for me, like they extend that to me, there's no reason for me to, to need anything different from that. So yeah, my creator own books live there until, well, I can, I'm not going to say until that's just, that's just my life right now. So there's no reason to say it until. Makes sense. Nice. Look at you. I love to see you always rap for your people. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm just a, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd who likes to play pretend on paper. That's it. Like, and you, if you give me a if you give me a place to do that, I'm going to do it, man. That's that's it. And I've been fortunate enough to do that to like you know feed my kids and take care of the family. So yeah, don't man. fuck a good thing up. Don't fuck a good thing up. You know. <laughs> so what's uh? What do you think? You're. I mean, do you feel now that you've you're many years now into the writing thing? I mean, do you feel like you've got a like a rate limit, like like like, how many things can you juggle at once before your your mind starts getting frazzled? Like, do you, like how like what's what's realistic in terms of your output? Um, that's hard to say because I think it comes down to I think it comes down to the actual content. Um, I definitely don't know how. Like, uh, like I have said it a lot. I'm like, I wish I could figure out what kind of weird deal with the devil lemire has made oh it's because i mean we I, talked about it when he was on it's 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 un it's ungodly i don't know if you remember before i'll let your answer but like yeah. but if you remember there was an article i don't know if it was hollywood report like some big thing wrote an article maybe like i feel like a year ago during the pandemic like about how lemire was finally gonna like takes like downshift his workload he wanted to take some time and it was like he's right. wrapping up this he's wrapping up this and, and i'm like right. oh, good for him you know like it's been on the grind for fucking 10 years like like take some time bro yeah. And then we had him on, and we're like, dude, like that was your definition of taking the time because you got seventeen books coming out. Like, like, like yeah, I don't know like, how he does it's it. Crazy. I would, yeah. yeah, I would love to figure out what his secret sauce is. Um, I don't have that secret sauce. Uh, I mean, even at times, Marvel comes up. You know, like I'm writing Strange Academy, and then you know. Uh, the death of Doctor Strange stuff comes up and they're like, oh, cool. Like, all right, we're going to do a one shot. And I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, that's a big deal to me. Like, for you to throw another thing at me, like, 
You know what I mean? But here's my thing. It's not, it's not, it's not that I don't have the bandwidth to do it. It's that I genuinely need time to know what I want to say. Like I'm not somebody who wants to write comics for the sake of it. Like I'm not somebody who, and I'm, that's not, I'm not saying that people can do that, who do a lot of content are doing that. I'm saying that my brain doesn't just have access to 6 trillion ideas at all times. I'm jealous of, I'm jealous of Jonathan. I'm jealous of Jeff. Like I am, these guys seem to just have instant access to uh, nonstop content in their brains. I have to like sit there for a little while and be like, well, okay, what do I want to say? And you know, what's the, you know, what's the, you know, so I like, it takes me more time because my brain's also sitting around thinking about how would I draw Hellboy's head today? If I drew Hellboy, <laughs> like my brain's operating on all types of other weird levels. So it's like, I don't have 7,000 stories waiting to be told in me yet. I always like to sit and feel like what's the next thing that's really got me going. Um, so I, it's hard to say, like, I definitely am not a person who can, I mean, right now I'm working on the book Twig. That's going to be an image book with Kyle Strom. Um, alongside of that, I was like, you know, like crap re, you know, just finishing off the me love in the dark, which was mostly done alongside of strange Academy. Those are, you know, the three books I was writing. I'm doing another project that probably launches or announced or something maybe in a month or so with Marvel that, that I'm writing and kind of like art directing. Um, so there's like, you know, and then, you know, and then the, the fun stuff comes along where it's like, you know, Fortnite asks you to do a screen, you know, it's like a loading screen and you're like, maybe my kids will finally think I'm cool. So I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, I gotta say, I, if I, if I had, my perfect version of life would be to write, draw a book, write a book with Jorge, because I'm never letting him go. I'm going to be abusive, and I'm going to tell him that he is not good enough to be a writer. He should never, ever try to do it. Jorge, if you're listening, <laughs> don't ever try to write. It's a, it's a terrible lifestyle. Um, uh, and maybe a, maybe a third book of that, you know, but it, that's unrealistic because everything staggers. Right. So it's like, it, I'm just like, if I'm inspired, I'll do it all. If I'm not inspired, I won't do anything. So it's hard to, it's hard to say, like, I mean, even the Substack got, you know, launching the Substack kind of was fun. Cause it was the first time in a long time. I was like, man, what? Oh, cool. I'm like launching a new thing and it's unknown. And what should I, oh man, I'm going to communicate. Should I do zoom meetings? Should I hang out do hangouts? Like, I felt young again. I felt like not the 43 year old vet of, you know, the 20 that's been doing this for 20 years. I kind of felt like, I kind of felt a little hungry, a little hustler, like the hustler was coming back a little bit, you know? Um, and so, I don't know, you know, like, when are you I'm not kind of hungry, re- dude. Like when I think of you, I don't think of someone who's just like, nah, I'm good. I'm chill. <laughs> well, I guess what I mean is there's a version, there's a version of things that like, you know, uh, you know, you, you grind and you grind and you grind and then that grind becomes normalized. And so it stops feeling like as much of a grind and it just feels like what you do for the day. Yeah. And then at some point it works and it keeps working and it keeps working and that's hard work. And I'm not, so I'm not downplaying that, but it's like, okay, that's what work is. And at some point it stops, it stops. Um, it's not checking that box in your kind of in the emotional box of you having 
been grinding or it just feels like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and that feels good and you're providing and everything's going good or like you know you start the company and the company's running and everything's going and you've got the gears going and, and then that was the goal right is to produce something that then works without you having to push the buttons every day and so it's nice sometimes with something come back that makes you a little nervous that is like it's unknown it's i don't like I, I don't have an answer for this. I don't know what's going to happen on the other side. That's kind of more what I'm talking about. Not necessarily that I'm hungry, but it's like I'm hungry for the answers of what this holds. Like, and again, it's kind of weird because it's like I'm 43 and I feel like I'm relaunching a blog. Like it's like it's 2006, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. um, uh, which is exciting because I would that was when I was most excited about uh, like sharing thoughts. And I mean, I don't know if you know people who younger younger people who are just coming around. I don't know if if people understood what kind of like the creative community, the kind of changes the creative community has went over these years or has went through over these years, because we did all used to have blogs and we all used to share every aspect of our creativity and our thought process and our ups and our downs and our goals and desires through these really big, long, wordy posts on the regular. And somewhere over time, Twitter and Instagram came along and they kind of took that from us, right? Like, you know, Twitter kind of has boiled us down into a couple sentences and Instagram has taken all these big, cool art files and boiled them down to a two by two square. Um, and basically encourages you never to leave the app. Um, and so like for the better part of 10 years now, we've all been kind of trapped in these social media boxes where sharing our insights or, or learning insights of others. I mean, I, you know, I, I did a big post on my, on my Substack the other day about the, the the history of my daily sketch. And that involved me discovering Eric Canetti's blog in 2006 and basically scouring three years of large art files that basically became a college for me. Like I studied those, like they were a textbook for my doctorate, you know, like that doesn't happen anymore. That doesn't exist. I can't do the same thing with Instagram. Like I can't, swipe through the 10 image carousel that is so like a postage stamp size and learn much from it. Uh, the old yeah, school you know, version of blogs. You, you, yeah, so ahead. being, being an old head, I, I was like, I'm not like TikTok doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not about that TikTok life, you know? And then like right. my kids started getting more into it and I'm like, nah, I'm like, this is not for me. And then I gave it a little try and I'm not on TikTok like often, maybe like once or twice a week, I'll go on for a little bit, but I had this epiphany because, you know, from in my in my world, you know, TikTok is a, their private company. But uh, but, uh, you know, they, they've they're they've tried to go public and, and they they will go public soon. And, you know, th this is a company we're, we're talking a company that's doing tens of billions of dollars in revenue now. Like they're massive. And I'm like, man, you know, like I got I got to figure like I got to see what this is about, you know. So uh, to your point, like what I think TikTok's getting right right now is exactly what you're saying and, and not certainly because it's like little bite size i'm not saying they've they've they're cracking the code on like the emotional connection but, but where they're getting it right is in the same like emotional spectrum which is like they're they're creating discovery again like most mm -hmm. of these platforms for successful as businesses there they're all like incredibly successful businesses i think it's been a long time since most of them have been any kind of engine for increasing connectivity or 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 new experiences like I remember right. when Twitter started and I just launched a Twitter and like 
you would get every day you would get new followers and then you would follow new people and and it was mm-hmm. it was that was the excitement of it was like like finding like-minded people or people that that were interested in stuff that you didn't know anything about but you thought that they had an interesting way of presenting it and like you know you'd get you'd be into like um, your audience building and your reach building and and vice versa and like it's been so right. long unless you're like you know unless you're some celebrity like who just comes on and says I'm on Twitter and then their PR like like the 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 um you know, the ability to like massively grow your network either inbound or outbound is like gone away. And the same with Facebook, right? Like, like, like maybe like once in a while I get a Facebook friend request from someone because you met them in real life. And then you're like, Oh, we should connect on Facebook. Like, but like gone are the days where you're just like actively being presented with things on Facebook that you want to like groups or, or people that you just want to befriend or follow. Right. And like same thing with, with Instagram, right. like, like, like mo- all of these things have stagnated where like, sure they, they have value. And, and like, if, the, and, and if, if you like seek out things you're already interested in, they're there for you. But like the thing I like of what you're saying is like this ability to, to, to like to expand and your 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 connectivity and that and that's like again we're gonna sound like old heads but when when I was blogging back in the day like the exciting thing about that was that like blogging in and of itself was cool because it was just you being you and like I can still remember I I mean I made incredible connections not not just like comic nerd connections but like professional connections where people would be like oh I you know I came across your blog post and like it was really thoughtful and like let's have lunch and it's like you know, right. and you're like, oh, that's awesome, you know, and, and it's just, and it wasn't like a LinkedIn where like, oh, they, you know, oh, he's the chief investment officer of, you know, like, I should meet right. him because it it was like, no, I, I really, like, you shared something and I really thought it was interesting and poignant. I liked your perspective and I want to, I want to get to know more. And I love the idea of like trying to get back to that. Like, I don't know if it's going to be mm-hmm. like ubiquitously successful, but I, I, I'm very much like spiritually connected with the idea of like, of like these these technologies and platforms being used again to like to expand our 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 connectivity with people like that that's exciting i so i hope that's what comes of it yeah i totally agree yeah i just you know i wrote uh you know on the the big you know the front wall of my office is just a big glass window and while we were talking about Substack and what are you know uh, i was pacing the the room and and megan was typing any any words i said megan who runs my company uh i i grabbed a glass one of our glass paint markers and just scrawled huge across my entire window was community over content which was kind of my goal was like getting back to that sense of connecting with the community and not just trying to sell them content um, I'm always going to make content. I'm always going to offer content for sale. I'm always going to give away content. I'm always going to do that. But try to reignite that old side of me that that remembered how important uh, not just being a part of a community, but you know, having a platform or having a voice or or a place to build a community, and how important that is. And so that's really one of my big focuses over this the course of this next year. It's not just to go squirrel myself away in a room and, and make stuff and make content, but just to see what I can do while making that content to make uh, not just other people, but me feel like I'm a part of a community again and not just a part of an app or a part of a social media situation. That's, you know, telling me that now instead of posting photographs, I now need to make, you know, dance videos and of me trying to nail a Buster rhymes first. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like, like, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I hope that's what comes of it, you know, I just, uh, and it'll, 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 it, 
I think it's it's you know the old expression like garbage in garbage out like like if if I think people some people and, and I'm not asking I don't expect you to reflect on anything but your own efforts on this but but look so I think I think we should expect a, a full spectrum of results from from the Substack Comics Invasion right like I I think there will be some that are like take to it and it's 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 mutually in like they like the they they as as writers get something out of it and 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 then in turn their fans and subscribers get something out of it and it, it, it persists. And I think there'll be some where it's like hot out of the gates and then like it fizzles. Cause you know, it's like podcasts, right? Like I'm, there's been a million podcasts, most of them fade, you know, but there may be, and then there's going to be some that are just like abject failures, right? Like, like they, they promise the world, right. but shit happens. They lose track. They just sure. don't. And, and I, I think we should expect the spectrum of it. Um, and that's just all part and parcel with it. But, but uh, you know, I, I think for those of you that, that, and I, like, I think people like you, who who already are used to like communicating in that way in that form like the, you you have a built-in advantage there right because like this isn't really much di- like you're not you're not doing a lot different whereas like schneider and again I, i'm not saying he's not going to succeed at what he's doing but like he's he's going to be tr- like trying to do like a master class type of thing and it's like maybe that's awesome and maybe he's been wanting to do that so maybe this is perfect for him but like that's a new thing so like i could see where maybe he gets he's also got launching like 87 books and com- on comicsology unlimited at the same time so it's like you know i wonder like will he have the bandwidth to keep all of these things up or will it be like he's gonna try them all and some things will be satisfying and it'll keep right. going and somewhat and there, i'm not saying it's a wrong approach either but it's just i i do think it felt this week like substack was this like just grant like holy shit like like is comics changing forever and i don't think it's that you know i mean a couple of our our audience members when we were talking about it on, on our group were saying like oh you know, I'm a little, I'm a little like, I'm not clear what, what the artists get out of this. And I was like, well, let's just be clear. Like, I think there's a misunderstanding here. Like Substack is a writing, it's a publishing platform. Like there's a reason why the most of the people that are announcing are writers. Yes. Some like you are writer artists, but like your writers, it's because that's what the, like their business is built around helping writers get exposure and build audiences. Like that's what it's for. So like, I don't know that it, like, I'm not, so I'm, I don't think we should like put a value judgment on the fact that like tons of artists aren't necessarily like launching this. Cause it's not really, at least to this point, as I understand it designed for like art, it's not a platform designed like necessarily to optimize, to display art for art's sake. Right. Like that's not, maybe it will evolve into that, but that's not really what it's built for right now. Right. Yeah. I would, I would say, yeah, I would say, uh, yes. Part of that. Yes. The, the intent, the, the original intent is what you're saying. I would say absolutely expect to see that change okay. um, change be, uh, whether it changes because of us or for us, I would just say, expect that to change. Clearly you do not make a big, big effort to bring on uh, the top tier talents of, of the comic book industry. And you're not going to provide them with a way to be visual. It's definitely, yeah, yeah. it's definitely going to, um, you know, open uh, th- those doors are going to be open and they'll be probably open sooner than later. So, um, yeah, I, I would not just like anything, anybody who, who branches out into new territory, it's going to take a little, a few minutes here or there. And, but luckily we're, we're all, you know, uh, well, I can't speak for everybody else. I'm of the age where I'm pretty used to like figuring out how to duct tape some stuff together and, uh, make a platform that might not be originally meant for visual and make it super visual. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll figure it out along the way. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you're you're not you're not reading many comics right now, but what what are you what what are you recommending? And I I vividly remember us driving from dinner in the city back to my crib, and mm-hmm. you you and your lovely wife and uh, and Megan the trio of you were in our car and you guys were like you on this Lizzo tip and I'm like nah and you're like what. <laughs> Like you got to get on Lizzo. Like, what are you talking about? You don't know the Lizzo, so we, we put in the Lizzo. We're listening to it all weekend. It was great, and then like you know, like a month later, she's blowing up all over the place. And I'm like, oh, taste right. So, uh, so right. you got you got any, any music you're trying to you're trying to turn turn us on to here? You got oh, man. I know you don't listen to podcasts anymore, so. Man, I wish I I is my <laughs> it's my biggest it's my biggest regret to ever pulling the trigger on this writer thing. Is I just can't, I just don't have the time to listen to podcasts anymore. And then I got the Peloton and now I don't even do my long walks, but that was my podcast time with my long walks. Um, uh, music wise, there's a rapper named Echo that I think comic nerds were like, cause he's a big comic nerd. So he's, his, his stuff's, it's uh, E-K-O-H, Echo. Uh, he's a big comic book nerd and pop, pop culture nerd. So his shit's riddled with, uh, with grace stuff um music wise god i like i just i'm like such a spotify junkie that it just it just builds playlists for me um i will say i, I did watch uh suicide squad this week i'm going to see it tomorrow that, what was, you think? that was fun it, it was really fun <laughs> it's crazy it's insanely it's insanely violent um it's funny uh i enjoyed it i i didn't know what to expect um <laughs> but it was fun it was it was definitely fun uh we watched a movie we de- casey and i have definitely like we just like it finished the day and then we sit down and we watch some shows obviously we've been on that ted lasso joint oh so good uh, dude that's been watching that. she's like how are you not watching this? you got to watch this and i'm like I, I will eventually so now i guess it's another feather in its cap right there if you all are watching it too yeah it's so good Ted Lasso is so good. Right now we're watching White Lotus on HBO Dude, Max. that is fucking nuts. <laughs> it's bonkers, man. <laughs> that that shit is just bonkers. And I, I mean, um, and 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 so Renee and I are watching it, and there's virtually nobody you want to root for, except yeah, uh, except the she feels kid, the, she the right. It's the son Quinn. She feels bad for yeah. him. Um. Belinda, the employee who's getting strung by uh, Stifler's mom, and um, <laughs> and and uh, and of course uh, Rachel, the the newlywed. But I mean, that's just right. I mean, she right. could she could kill everybody, and I'd still be rooting for. Her, so yes, <sighs> yes, what kind of those eyes are? Her eyes are bonkers. Oh, you're, um, she's got eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm trying to think of what else. We definitely been diving into documentaries and docu series, even though like we're kind of getting bored of of those. Um, what else have we watched besides Ted Lasso? Uh, God, I can't even think. We watched um, Ride the Eagle last night. What is that? That was good. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But who does the voice of the Spider Man and the Spider Verse, like the older Spider Man and Spider? Oh, Jake Johnson. He was in the Mindy Project. Jake Johnson. It's a movie with him, and his mom dies, and his mom's played by um, Susan Sarandon. Oh. She dies, and and leaves him her like cabin in the woods, but to get it, he has to 
complete some list that she made for him. And so, you know, it's just a, it's a cute, like literally I was like, Casey, did you watch this trailer? It's cute. And then we played it. And then when she was like, yep, that movie was cute. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. It's like a, you know, just a cute feel good movie, but it was, it was, he's funny. He's always funny. Yeah. But yeah, we're just been making our way through lots of, uh, movies. Like I will say my, so my Baxter is, he's going to be 12 and over. He's 11. So he starts sixth grade. The other night, Casey went to bed really early. Milo was in bed. It's probably about 11, 10. Baxter was downstairs doing, watching TikToks probably. And I FaceTimed him. I was like, hey, you want to come upstairs and uh, order a pizza and watch a movie? And he was like, what? It's like, yeah. You want to order a pizza and watch a movie? It's like, yeah. So he came up, you know, 11.30. He and I were ordering Papa John's and we watched because uh, he loves Papa John's. And he's oh, like, poor kid. Can we get Papa John's stuffed crust? I know. But, can tell they're from the Midwest, you know, <laughs> right? I know. I was, Fine well, I was my other ones, but it was you got to go with you got to go with the kid, and and then we watched Jurassic Park. He hadn't seen Jurassic Park yet. I mean, he did, oh. but he, was, he just didn't remember that he's watching. So that was like a cool moment. It was like, like a cool uh, little father son night. Uh-huh. Um, That's awesome. Uh, now I'm it's, so you know Baxter's a year younger than Holden. I'm taking Holden to see mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. So, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, Baxter asked me. Baxter asked me. He's like. He's like Baxter asked me the same thing. He was like, "Would you, did you watch Suicide Squad?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Is it good?" I was like, "It's pretty good." He's like, "I was like, you can watch it with. I'll rewatch it with you if you want." I mean, it's. I said it's pretty violent if you're cool with that. <laughs> but I think he'll probably watch it with me. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's this rule that, uh, like, I feel like each kid gets like they get the privileges progressively earlier, like. Colin were like, oh, you, he can't have a phone until he's in eighth grade. Like, he doesn't need one. And then, you know, like, Jackson's like, oh, well, sixth grade, I'll get one. And then, like, Holden had one. Like, was like, he was like three months, you know. It's like, you know, I feel the same thing. It's like, it's like, you know, like, that's like, she used to be like, for a take Colin a movie, like, well, she'd read, you know, those online parent guides. Be like, I don't know. Uh, you know, they say the F bomb three times, uh, and I don't think you should take right. him. You know, and now it's like, I'm like, huh, I'm taking Susan's question. It's like, well, why is it R rated? I'm like, well, I'm like, uh, they say uh, fuck like a thousand times. Uh, there's some full frontal dudity. There's lots of uh, yeah, killing. Do, She's like, okay. They do, some, they do some butt stuff. She's I, like, that's fine. Whatever. Well. That's fine. <laughs> oh, dude, spe- oh, so speaking of butt stuff. Um, <laughs> okay. No, no. Because, wow. so, so, no, no, this all ties in. Come on, you know how I'm a consummate storyteller. Uh, Deadpool, the first Deadpool film, uh, I took my oldest son and his uh, three best friends uh, at the time to see Deadpool. Uh, they were 13 at the time. They're all 18 now. Uh, so, you know, and I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners have seen the movie by now. Um, so I'm sitting there watching the movie, and I'm figuring, like, you know, I knew it was R-rated, but I figured there'd be some violence, some F-bombs, whatever, you know, and that was fine. Like, they're 13. And we get to the part where... Ryan Reynolds and and Marina Baccarin are having all the different kinky the holiday sex you know yeah. do the, the, and we get to the to the to the one where she pegs him and I'm like oh my god and I look over and the kids are like all giggling and shit and I'm like oh no and like I was mortified on so many levels I was mortified that I had to like I'm in a panic attack like do I need to like proactively reach out to the other three boys parents and let them know that this happened so like there's no awkwardness and then I'm like mortified that they're laughing as if they already know what pegging is and then I'm like right right the whole right. thing like I'm just so instead of like enjoying the movie I'm just flooded with this parent guilt of like should I not have brought them do I need to like That's actively hilarious. intervene here uh, do I have to do I just pretend like it didn't happen and hope that we all disagree that we never talk about it like what should we do here what's the playbook here <laughs> so fantastic. 
Yeah, man. You know. Hey. So yeah, so, for me, it's it's been way more movies and TV than than anything else. That I, and I hate to I hate to admit that, but it's mostly Bachelor, Bachelorette, um, documentaries. You, you're uh, not watching uh, Fuckboy Island. Oh my god, uh, we started that. I can't. I was like, I can't not believe that they made a show called Fuckboy Island. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched it yet, but I think I'm gonna give it a try because uh, what's her name, homegirl that's hosting it? She's funny as hell. Um, it's bonkers. It's bonkers as shit, dude. It's like, but the funny thing is, is like, you guys are on HBO Max. Just say fuckboy. Like, why are you calling right. it F Boy Island? Right, I don't know right, what right. You're saying, like, just lean in. It's so funny. Like, it was so funny. I did call like uh, uh, my wife had a bunch of friends in from out of town, and. Um, we're all sitting around and we we're all talking about the shows that we watch and then they were all like yeah oh my god we watch fuckboy island blah, blah. i was like you know what you know what is you know what kills me is sometimes at like at 2 p.m you guys are like warriors on facebook like chopping down any motherfucker that says anything wrong towards you and then at but at 10 p.m y'all are watching some fuckboy island <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it's like, it's like y'all are like it, the it, human condition it, is complex, Scotty. Man, like there, you know, it, it is. And it, listen, I'm I'm no different. Where I'm like, listen, I used to walk through the room while Casey was watching Bachelor, and I'd be like, "You fucking disgust me." Yeah, <laughs> I'd be no like, doubt. I wouldn't actually, but I was like, "You, that's this is embarrassing," you know. And you know, flash forward ten years later, like I'll show up on date night with a limo and a dumbass rose, and I'm like, "New Bachelor episode. We're just gonna drive around in the back of this car." And watch the new episode of Bachelor on the iPad. <laughs> yeah, I'm dude. super in because it's totally like, like I said, I'm like, you know what? I'm too fucking old to plant my flags, and these, I'm not dying on these fucking hills. If she's into this and it's her thing, I, I'll find a way in. And I found a way, and I'm like, you know what? This is probably how wives feel when dudes are like, I swear to God, you're gonna love Saga. You know? <laughs> 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 Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I if I'm gonna try to do that, I can I can try to do the other way, you know. Uh, and I don't even say the fucking gender thing. I'm sure this dude's out there that like, but I'm like, I am full blown badge nation now. I totally got Casey for Mother's Day. One of the what, what's the celebrity thing that where they cameo. give you messages? Cameo. Cam. Yeah, I totally got her a cameo from a, one of the Bachelor uh, dudes that she liked. <laughs> dude, cool. cameos are great. I think I that is a wonderful a, business. It is such a good business. I mean, whatever name for her birthday. I'm, like, there, there's part of me that's like, God, I God, I can't believe they're doing this. But also, I'm like, God, I'm so glad they're doing this. Yeah, man. I mean, like, uh, that's the thing. It's that's part of the charm of it is that you you realize that like <laughs> the the bar for celebrities to take money is like much lower than you would have ever thought. Like, like, like you, you have yeah. this picture that their time is worth millions and then you're like, nah, it's worth like 29 bucks. If you catch them on a sale. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> their, time, their time is like worth whatever amount of sentences I just wrote in the little window that they gave me and it's $50. And if I give them seven, they'll do it faster. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, uh, no, I think, uh, dude, I'm all about like. I just think that, like, I, I, I feel like I don't, I don't order enough cameos for people because, like, I'm wildly entertained Actually, by everyone. I'm gonna be honest. I I, yeah, I, I think I didn't know what cameo was until you, you texted me the Dougie Fresh because you know, like, we're hip hop yep. heads, and yep. I was like, I was like, 
what what fucking man what fresh hell is this like what <laughs> happened how did jason wood get dougie fresh to talk to the 11 o'clock clockers i was that's, like what's the that's what i'm saying like and it, it feels like so, it feels like sorcery people saw that and they're like yeah. damn you're like our, our friend julian Lytle was like bruh i didn't know you had i didn't know you had sway like that and yeah. i'm like dude it's I the only sway I had is that I have an app and I pressed on the app and said Dougie Fresh I'll pay you the agreed upon amount for you to do this like there was yeah. no magic to it yeah I didn't know that was a thing yet so when you sent that to me I was like damn this motherfucker's like he's flexing hard like he's just he's he's rolled up to his crew like nah guys I got it like this <laughs> you know and I was like damn like, but then I like they do a good job like they don't like yeah. they're I mean some I mean some suck but like. Like the ones I've gotten, like they put in the work, dude. Like, like, uh, oh yeah, like, Listen, like, like I, Beth, I, like I, Beth I, loves the 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 Hallmark uh, films, you know. So like, I got her one for her birthday for uh, from Danica McKellar, who's one of the you know from one of yours, Danica McKellar, but now she's on all these Hallmarks, and it was like super nice and personal, and like, oh, dude, the panties flew right off, dude. She was so giddy for that, like, she was like, this is the coolest thing ever, and I'm like, that's how, you know, I'm like, thank you, cameos, like. It's getting me. It's getting me. I'm getting propers from from my friends. I'm getting panties flying off my wife. Right. It's great. It's all great. There was. <laughs> there was one that a friend of ours got, and um, they had Gilbert Godfrey do it, and they, I, and, and the. And it was for the 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 mom, and the mom didn't appreciate it because Gilbert Coffee was like, "Happy birthday! This is from your son, or whatever." Right? He's doing the whole his whole shtick, and he's like, "He goes, but not you know, not Lindsay, that fucking bitch slut." <laughs> he, he, he he went off book real hard. Like and it was like it was like a record scratch. You're like, whoa, homie, <laughs> take it down a notch. Hilarious. Yeah, there is it some was... risk. You 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 definitely. I mean, the good news is you can you get to watch it uh, before they do, right? Like like at least you. Can, right. But but yeah, like there are definitely stories of people like going off script in it. You know, it, it can be a bad. I'm sure it can be a, a not pleasant experience. But you know, so far I've been pretty lucky. Yeah, that one was uh, my my the one I got for Casey was great too because he was like he was super in and you know I, I threw like a little like kinky inside joke and he li- he he leaned the fuck into it and it was fun but um, yeah I, like I'm glad you sent that Dougie Fresh to me because I would have even known that was a thing and and you know when you started trying to figure out like oh man what else are we gonna get for Mother's Day like you don't want to just get generic so I was like oh shit I want to I want to rock a cameo real quick. Yeah, the only thing is it's it's like back in the day when you'd make like a you make a custom mixtape or CD for your girl. Like you can't pull right. it's like you don't I like I feel like I can't do the cameo again soon for her. Like like I can't oh, do a cameo no, like, like every holiday cuz it's kind of like it was really cool and like unique the first time like thoughtful. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, that's thoughtful." But now it's like if I did it again, she'd be like, "Oh, cameo, that's cool." You know, like so I have to <laughs> yeah. like it it there's a finite life to it, but like it's pretty fire when you when you make that first shot though. It's definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So when you turn like fifty and I send you one, like I want you to be excited by it, even though <laughs> it's already go to. All right, I'm gonna be so I'm gonna be so pumped. Who would it be? Who? What cameo would you send me? Oh man, that's a great. You know, that'd be fun. Like to to brainstorm who you would what <laughs> cameo you send your friends. Um, who would I send you, man? Like I'd probably send you like some like 
reasonably horrible rapper that would be kind of funny though <laughs> like like coolio <laughs> or like skilo maybe like maybe doing like like because you're super tall like wish i was a little bit taller like that'd be funny <laughs> i think and i'm sure skilo would do it for like 15 bucks probably so i wouldn't have to spend yeah. a lot skilo would just be like hey just shout me out on twitter i'll do it or maybe like Lou Lou Bega, like Mambo number five, like you know, make it like Mambo number fifty because you're turning fifty. Dude, I don't okay, know. You know? Yeah, yeah, I like, yeah, yeah. I like, like Fred, I'm, I'm sure like Fred Durst is probably doing cameos. Would be my guess. Like, oh my know? god, how great would that be? <laughs> I did it all for the. And you just fill in. The, you just tell him what you did it all for. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, like, that's a that's a doc. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, like, looking through the cameo is so fun because you get a sense for where these celebrities' careers are. Like, right. like I just rewatched The Sopranos start to finish over, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. sometimes you'll see, like, and they have a whole Sopranos section. And, like, you'll see some of them and you're like, really? Like, so, for example, uh, like, Vincent Curatola, who played Johnny Sack, right? Like, he's 125 mm-hmm. bucks. So I'm saying, like, okay, now that's interesting. Like, like, I guess if you're a Sopranos fan, you recognize the guy, but like, would you recognize enough to spend 125 bucks? You know, whereas like Joe right. Pantoliano, who is not only famous for the Sopranos, but is like famous for lots of other things, is like 180. Like it's like 180 bucks. So it's like, oh. eh, like, I think I'm gonna opt for the Joe Pantoliano, right? Like, like, right. like, like, if if Vincent Caratola was 12 bucks, I might opt for him, you know, but like. And then you got guys like like Joseph Ganascoli, who's the the he was the dude I forget his actually forget his name, but he was the the real heavy dude on the show, the one that went to weight loss and was getting ended up being gay, you know. And then they right. ended up like right. he's two fifty. Who's getting that? Who who on earth is getting him for two hundred fifty dollars? Like I don't know, like, but you know what? I think you need to go to a cameo and just offer up your services for the only person on earth who has re- memorized all the cast members of The Sopranos. No, no, no. I was looking at the cameo page. Uh, no, okay. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm because I'm, I'm like looking. you're 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 you're, riddle, you're you're rattling off these names. Oh, I'm no, like no, no. Insanely impressed. No, 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 no. I have the I have the page open. You know, like uh, okay. Yeah, I was like, holy so, shit. No, like, no, no, you no, need no. a hobby, dude. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, uh, but like the pricing mechanism fascinates me. Like, I really, I think some people. They do the Scotty Young move where they like they put a price on there where they really don't want to do these, but like if you if you're willing to pay them enough, they'll do it. It's like you with the commissions. It's like I really want to draw commissions, yeah. but if you're willing to make you know pay my mortgage, I'll do a commission yeah. for you. Uh, that's I what I think it. some of these people are doing, but like, but like, but then others clearly like are trying to make some money, so they're like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm priced to move, y'all. Like, 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 like <laughs> Sam McMurray, who is great and everything. He he's he's forty dollars and ninety nine cents. Right, Sam wants to make money. And 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 freaking Lilo Brancato, the idiot from the Bronx Tale who's also in the Sopranos, he's he's also he's fifty five dollars. That, that's probably like just so you know he can, went to prison, didn't he? That's what I'm saying. It's probably just, you know, to make sure he pays off his bail bondsman. But it's yeah. There's just but I mean Alton Brown is three hundred bucks. Rick Flair is six hundred bucks. Oh snap. Looks yeah, like I'll get Rick Flair, da- I looks I like I'll get like... Rick Flair. I'd see. I'd worry on Ric Flair that like he, that he wouldn't he wouldn't do a good one. Well, no, because he's just gonna come on and go. Woo! He'll go woo. Yeah, he'll he'll do a strut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just. yeah. Well, I was gonna get. I was gonna get. Well, this is before the Chris Harrison drama went down. But 
I was going to get Chris Harrison from The Bachelor, and then I watched some of his examples, and he just was so generic. He was like, hey, I'm Chris Harrison. And then fill in a name. And you could tell, like, every one of his was the same. Now, like, Jerry Springer you can do for 135 bucks. I think that's really inexpensive for a guy like Jerry Springer, who, like, every person on the planet knows who he is. That's true. But, like, I think to myself, he's right, also this- He's also, like, 402 years old. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. But this dude is still making like twenty million a year doing a TV show because he does the Judge Jerry now, right? Yeah. So like, dude mm-hmm. makes like twenty million a year every year for like what, like thirty years running? Why, dude? Don't you have hobbies? Like, why has he got to make cameos? Like, like he doesn't, he can't need the money, and like, right. he's already f- as famous as you could possibly get. Like, everybody knows who the dude is from like the white, like the like the worst white trash on earth all the way up. Like, everyone knows who the dude is, right. and like. What's the point? Like, why is he bothering? Like, what? Wh- why is he bothering? Is it just an ego thing? Like, why on earth yeah. would he bother doing cameos? Like, why? It's weird. I, 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 maybe, they, maybe they got weird, like, ex-wives or ex-husbands or, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. Man. I don't know. And I kind of, I, I looked at with the one I I, I got, Renee. It's, it's Cotton Red, who was one of the actors from How to Get Away with Murder, and and. He had the piano and he sang her happy birthday. And he got it in before her birthday. I thought by the time I got it to him and he had time to do it, it would have been a belated birthday present. But like he got it in the next day and, and, and she loved it. So it's kind of hard because of, of, of who he is because it's one of her favorites on the show. And obviously, you know, he's singing happy birthday to her. It's like, it's, it, I, where do I go from there? Like, who, who else do I get now from here on out? That right. that would you know be anything as memorable or appreciative as, as the first one, right? See, I just saw, I, I I gotta get I gotta I can do Diamond Dallas Page for that. <laughs> Must have some yoga moves. There you go. Under nineteen bucks, that's great. That wow. And then here's here's uh, Draco Malfoy. He's six hundred bucks, but he doesn't have any scheduled availability right now. Well, right. I mean, some of these people don't. Yeah. Obviously, I mean they're working, yeah. which is fine, which is great. Dude, and then there's like if you want to go down a rabbit hole, you can like you can see some of the early cameos and how celebrities got tricked into doing a really like inappropriate shit. Like Brett Favre got he did a video not knowing what he was doing and it was it was straight up straight up Aryan Nation stuff. Oh, like he had no idea. Oh shit. It was all code words and like a hand signal and he did it all. <laughs> like then like his PR person was like, Oh my god. <laughs> Damn. Get, like, yeah, I mean like and and the, I, I'm sure they're a little more careful about this stuff now. But like, there were a lot of stories early on where people were like, given code words to say, or like, in, and they didn't know what they were saying it was like totally inappropriate. Uh, nice. Dave Mustaine is three hundred bucks. Good lord. <laughs> that dude is super old. Yes, he is. How much? You, I'm looking for Scotty. I can't find Scotty on here. Yeah, Young just, like, they, he doesn't have time yeah, now. I was like, he's got to write newsletters for Substack. I'm doing a Substack, guys. Yeah, that's where you can yeah, find fair it. enough. It's probably either or. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my cameo later. I'll do it. Yeah, later. for sure. I'll be like, you guys want to hear about my run with Venom with Daniel Way? Let's talk about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. On that note, we should probably wrap up. Yes. Uh, well, man. Best of luck to you on the Substack. I know if anyone's going to make it work, it's going to be you. I, uh, I'm gonna try. I'm waiting for the inevitable, like they do on the YouTube, the cross promotion, where you're like, 
you know, where I'm like, I'm reading Zdarsky's and he's like, hey, make sure you check out what Scotty Young's doing on this project. And then you're like, hey, everybody, check out what Jonathan Hickman, like, I'm, I'm waiting for, like, the bundle, the comic bundle on Substack. Right? Do, like, $50 subscription and get all of you at once. I feel like that's a... Uh... Is that a thing? Is that, do they do things like that? No, no. I'm, 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 no they maybe do maybe not. They will, maybe they will bundle. They do bundle. now. You might have just listen. Get, hey, they, you might need. You might need to invest. They, you might have just created a thing. I might have to reach out to the biz dev guy because it's like, you know, it's like I can get ESPN and uh, Disney Plus and, and you know Hulu. And, yeah. and Hulu all connected now. Uh, why not? You know, Scotty Zadarsky Hickman all connected. Like why not? Oh, I like that. Not like a buck off a month for me. That's perfect. Boom, nailing it. Like, I saw Zadarsky's bringing back Captera on Substack. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's interesting because uh, I'm a humongous Kagan McLeod fan. Like, humongous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kagan has had some pretty rough luck in the comics world. Like, he, n- none of his none of his forays have really taken off ever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's interesting they're coming back because, like, I, from what I understood, like, the 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 book just didn't like they came out with the book and nobody bought it so they stopped doing the book so um it'll be interesting to see if you can breathe new life on a title that has already kind of gone out into the market and fizzled right. whereas like you know you're bringing well, back yeah. a book that like is new, like clearly has a market or like hickman's bringing a new thing to the world like it that's different to me than like bringing a book that basically flopped commercially and now they're going to try and resurrect it that's interesting yeah, I mean, you know, they're gonna they want to finish what they started, but you know, I, Chip is also doing um, a new project on there called Public Domain. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is amazing. I mean, he he laid that whole thing out for me. I won't say any of it, but it's it's one of those jealous ideas where you're like, son of a bitch. Oh, nice. Like, ah, uh, you know, why didn't I think of that? It's that good. Like, everybody's gonna be very very uh, happy with. Uh, with public domain and, and chips plan so i think chip is uh chips chips utilizing this platform in the best possible way so nice. uh yeah everybody should be really happy for that zadarsky's got like this uh stuart eminent thing going where like i feel like he's as loved or even more loved by fellow professionals than he is by fandom <laughs> like i'm not saying he's well, not chip, like i'm not yeah. i'm not like i'm not digging at him i'm saying i feel like i don't know any creator know. that i know personally that doesn't think the world of chip and I feel like that's yeah. like with Eminem too. Like, I feel like all you artists, like you all bow at the altar of Eminem, and I do too. But it's like you know, I don't think every artist is like that. Like you might respect them, or but like, like when you bring up Eminem, like every artist, is like oh dude, that guy's a beast, you know. And it's like I feel like that was Zdarsky. Like fellow creators are like, to a man, y'all are like repping for Chip. Like he's definitely he yeah, must I mean, be the nicest yeah, dude ever. I mean, yeah, I mean on a, on an artistic front, like no, I don't know that anybody knows Stuart Eminem that well because he's he's you know. He, he, I mean, we, we just don't have access to him, right? He doesn't do a lot of cons, you know. So none, none of, almost none of us know him personally. But he, he to me is the best superhero artist of all. Like he's so good. Like he's just he's the best that does it. Um, it's crazy. Chip is 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 not just amazing on his craft, but Chip is you're you're nailing it. Like, I mean, he's funny, right? I mean, obviously, you know, Chip is going to be funny. Uh, but Chip's just an amazing person. Like he's a He's like he's like one of the he's like a rare breed where you're like oh no you're like you're really good you're like a really good person and 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 he's also one of the funny people that you meet in life who's crazy hilarious 
that also doesn't keep the switch on all the time. Like he turns it off and he's a real person. Now, and, and then he and then he catches you off guard, he turns it back on and he makes you laugh for three hours. But that's the beauty of Chip. Like Chip is a is the real deal. Like he's 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 good in all the in the right way. So yeah, he's he's earned that reputation and uh, he deserves it. He's he's a really good guy. Right. But if you're gonna pick a Substack to subscribe to, do it to mine though, not his. Whatever. <laughs> Already subscribed, buddy. <laughs> For your listeners who don't know, it's uh, scottyyoung.substack.com dot com or you can run over to scottyyoung.com and I have a sign up there but uh yeah check it out free or not I all I'm I welcome everybody it doesn't matter <laughs> you're all inclusive nice yeah yeah yep. Pre- appreciate that well since my man doesn't read anything are you gonna bother with it in your travels <laughs> um, we I mean I think we uh, we were uh, we have to do it in your travels we're obligated you have to do it yeah I mean I, I think that's like that would be yeah. Vince will have a conniption if we don't do any travels. I mean, he's not going to hear this. He doesn't. I mean, he well, wants. He get, sends it'll get back he, to him though because our 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 patron. That is true. Is and say, and listen, snitches get travels? stitches. Right. Exactly. Well, um, listen. Go ahead. What? All right. So uh, no, you first. I'm, you I'm, I know. I'm, I'm. Oh my god. I'm going to say. Uh, well, I already mentioned. Um, the me you love in the dark, but I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to go completely gush on that with Scotty here tonight. But um, I will. I will say that um, I read. I could read anything from this week yet. I did read though um, the first issue of Blue and Gold by Dan Jurgens and. Um, Ryan Suck, and it is, of course, a uh, eight-issue limited series about Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, uh, set in the modern-day DC universe. Uh, first issue, they have to rescue the Justice League, and it's completely current because it's actually the uh, the version of the Justice League that uh, Bendis is writing in the series. Um, but you know, Booster Gold is a Dan Jurgens creation, so. There's really no. There's nothing to worry about there. It 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 sounds just like the character that uh, it it. I mean, yeah, he's not exactly the same character when he premiered in in the '80s because we've had different reboots and multiverses. So it's the kind of current Blue Beetle, but the attitude, the the mentality, the um, the showmanship is still there. Uh, I've always been a Blue Beetle fan, especially this version of um, the post bought by Charlton and uh, rebooted in the 80s, Ted Cord, uh, Blue Beetle. So th- th- this was kind of right up my alley. Um, I was a little, although Sook did draw most of the 12 issues of Legion of Superheroes, I was, I was a little concerned knowing that it's only eight issues, whether or not Ryan's going to draw the entire series, but I'll, I'll enjoy what we do have. But this was, this was, um, this was a lot of fun. It was humorous. There's, there's a whole thing going on throughout the issue where, um, social media is commenting on everything happening. People are wishing for booster to die. Hope he gets burned up alive. Cause he's fighting some aliens trying to rescue the justice league. Um, I'm pretty sure Bibbo from, uh, the Superman stories 
is one of the people on social media um, rooting for Booster. A lot of it's funny. Um, a lot of it's cruel, just like a lot of people are on uh, on social media. But the issue ends with... Uh, well, it ends, I guess, maybe on a bit of a downer for Booster. Their, their, their whole idea behind Booster trying to rescue the Justice League is so that uh, they'll invite him back to the team. Uh, it's almost as if it's like a job tryout. And uh, he... Um, he he's all after they after he and Beetle save the day. Uh, some of the members of the Justice League do call Beetle Blue Beetle over for a little quick chat, um, and it doesn't really go the way that uh, that Booster wants. But listen, I'm I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. It should be should be a hoot. It, 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 these are two characters that do go really well together, uh, and and Jurgen's writing them. They're really, really in good hands. So in your travels, blue and gold, number one by Jurgens and Sook. Respect. Um, that is on my stack. I haven't read it yet, but Sweet. it's there. Um, yeah, in your travels, uh, fellow Substack debutante, Mr. James Tinian the fourth. Something is killing the children. Uh, I was behind on it. I read issues eleven through eighteen. Uh, it continues to be written by by Tinian and drawn by Werther Deladera, with colors by Miguel Muerto. And uh, you know, I mean, I've been into this book from the jump, but I have to say, uh, he definitely. Uh, for, I don't know if for those that people may not know or remember, the, the book was originally going to be a miniseries. Uh, it was solicited as a five issue miniseries, and um, and then it became an ongoing, like before the first issue hit the stands because of pre orders. And, uh, you know, there could have been like a little thing. It's like I call it the lost syndrome where, you know, uh, lost like when they created lost, they didn't know how long it would go for. And they obviously admitted that for a while they were just kind of like making shit up because they didn't really know uh, they weren't prepared to go as long as they did. And they knew how it was going to end and knew how it was going to start. But they didn't know how it was going to go in the middle. So I think there was a risk with something that's killing the children when you go from a contained five issue series that you maybe might come back to depending to an ongoing that like you could, you could either end up feeling like it's full of fluff or you could feel like it loses its way. Uh, I give him a ton of credit cause it, it did neither. Um, it, 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 it has evolved, but it's evolved in such an interesting and quirky way, dude. Like, like it's so bizarre on so many levels, but it's super interesting and engaging. Um, you know, he did like, Scotty did it with Kurt and like you, you, every now and then, you, you know, you, you come up with something and like you, you hit a home run character. I mean, Erica Slaughter is a breakout character, right? I mean, you see her, she crops up in commissions everywhere. You see people cosplaying as her, like, like, like Bravo there. Um, and, and a lot of that is worth her uh, design of her, right? Like a very engaging design of this, this, this beautiful blonde woman with these gigantic captivating eyes and, and, and this awesome bandana that looks like monster teeth. But we learn as the story goes on from in the second half, like we learn about where she's from and this order of St. George, which is this gigantic shadow organization that's been around basically since the dawn of mankind. And its job is to, is to essentially eradicate these monsters from existence, but they're, they're just vicious about it. I mean, they will not hesitate to wipe out an entire town uh, in order to keep the fact that monsters are real from getting out. And, uh, 
and Erica, we find out is 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 not like we're introduced to her as if she's just like a really adept member of the group, but in fact, we find out that she's effectively a, 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 an outlier. She's got a conscience, and and that doesn't really play. And we we you know all of a sudden she's in this town trying to kill these monsters that killed a bunch of uh of 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 young kids but but suddenly the town is now arguably at more threat from other members of the order of saint george who roll roll up to to try and squash this stuff and you know he's playing with these horror tropes but he's doing it interesting ways like the the monsters are very real and very frightening but they're frightening in part because they are born out of the imagination of children and you know any person that ever if you were a little kid you had those moments where you thought there was a monster in your closet or under your bed or you you, know, you had a nightmare and it's like what if you could manifest that into reality and and, and that's uh it's just a lot of really cool ideas that that are just left of center and 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 like if you if you describe this as an elevator pitch it might sound a little tropey but he he does just enough on every aspect of it to make it unique and feel quirky. It it feels a lot like a horror version of something like a like a Twin Peaks where you're like you're really engaged, but you're engaged in part because it's it's not quite what you thought you were going to get. And you're like, oh, that's he, he, he went left when I thought he was going to go right. And that makes it fascinating to me. Um, and I can't imagine someone other than Deladera drawing this now, which is a huge compliment to him because I feel like. Like, like he's just captivated that world in a way that I will forever remember him, much like, you know, Wes Craig on Deadly Class and, you know, countless others, but just where they, they imprint the book visually so much that you couldn't fathom someone standing in for them for an issue. Um, and then we're going to get more. We're going to get The House of Slaughter, which is going to be a spinoff. And we uh, for those of you that get free comic book day books, um, Boom's free comic book day book is is uh, is your zero issue for House of Slaughter, which was awesome. So, yeah, I'm just all about this universe he's creating, and, and I can't recommend it enough. There's There's been three trades. There's one more coming, and uh, at least for sure one more coming, and I'm just all about it. So if you haven't tried it yet or you're lagging behind, catch up on Something is Killing the Children. That's right. Awesome. It's really good. I'll throw one out. I'll throw an old school one out I, that I've read a million times. Uh, go order... Um, the reprint hardcover of Scott Morse's uh, Morse uh, Scott Morse's um, Soul Wind. It's at Oni. It was one of his first mm-hmm. graphic novels ever. For people who don't know, Scott Morse um, has gone on to become one of the head story people at Pixar. So there's probably not a Pixar movie. Oh, that was that who's going to work with you? That was from the blog posts. Yeah, that's yeah. Scotty's got the old yeah the old blog. Blog post. So Scott Morris is one of the geniuses behind, you know, the head story department at Pixar. So there's probably not a Pixar movie in the last 10, 12 years that, that you know, you've watched where you'd loved and that he wasn't a main, uh, you know, helping to build the stories. But Soul Wind was his his uh, his graphic novel that he made. in God, I want to say 2001, 2002. And it's this it, it, it's this really big sweeping story that you know, traverses time and space and age. And it's, it's when you start reading, you're like, what am I reading? And then as you keep reading it, you're like, I don't know what I'm reading, but it's beautiful. And then as you keep reading, you're like, whoa, this is all connecting. And then when you get to the end, you're like, holy shit, how did this young cartoonist do this? It's, it's one of those transformative like works of art from such a young mind 
that there's, you know, you realize like, oh yeah, this guy was definitely destined to go off and help craft some of the, you know, the, the premier stories of, of, uh, most of our children's youth. Uh, it's really, it's really cool. So soul wind is, uh, the hardcover reprint from Scott Morris at Oni. Nice. Excellent. It's, it, it's one of the books that I keep on hand, even before they did the reprint, it was long out of print. And I would find, you guys know, I do this. I would find extra copies. And if you came to my house and didn't read it and hadn't read it, I would give you a copy. Uh, to <laughs> well, I haven't read it. So yeah, neither have I. Well, come, come, Hey, you know what? Come visit a motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Come get some barbecue. We can get some, we can get some Papa John's. Yeah, man. It sounds like a hoot. <gasps> yeah. Oh, damn. He's just throwing daggers on the way out the door. That's <laughs> I know. He's also like, I hate your kid for liking generic pizza. Oh my God, no one said like, that. Be a bad parent, dude. Holy like shit! Listen, dude. I know he's not a bad parent. My man's over here making fucking cauliflower crust, so it's it's cool. It's all right. <laughs> you can kind of, you know, listen. We all have our vices. I, 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 I can. I'll order pizza from time to time just to reheat it later because <gasps> that, that fucking shit's so good. I tell you, I. I will tell you, Baxter, every now and then will be like, Dad, can we get pizza? I'll tell her, no, we're not getting it. And every now and then I'll give in. I'll be like, all right, I'll get it. And I'll be like, I'll order some just for nostalgia's sake. And then I, and then I try it. I'm like, nope, it's not the same. It's like whatever they used to do, it's not the same. That's right, dude, just ordered it, man. <laughs> no, not pizza, Soul Wind. <laughs> give it. Thor Jazz going to be Papa John's here. But I, I did order Soul Wind. Bird, dude, I can't wait for you to read it and be like, "Holy shit, this is bonkers!" I gotta say, I don't think I even, yeah, I I forgot this existed. Yeah, I don't think I knew that Oni reprinted it. I didn't know that. Yep, I think I did a blurb for it. Might have a blurb from me on it. Of course, of course, of course it does. I'm kind of a big. By the way, dude, what what are brothers gonna do to get a blurb on your goddamn books? I'm like. I get a Scotty Young book from Image, and I get it in my hands, and it's like, you know, fucking comicbook.com. Oh, this is the best thing ever. I'm like, comicbook.com. Like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, what's a brother got to do to get an EOC blurb on this on this on this on this piece? Oh, I know. Uh, is that on, on Marvel books? I don't know. I'm saying. I feel like in general, I feel like I I see these blurbs, and I'm like, oh damn. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm like, all right, that's cool, dude. Like, bleeding cool. That's Marvel cool. books. <laughs> I don't think I don't think. No, I'm kidding. Cool it's not cool. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, Marvel books. Marvel books. They. I, I'm surprised at who gets blurbs on on the Marvel books. I'm like, I have no idea when I get those in print. Uh, in image books, I usually I either don't use blurbs. I, I, like I, mean, I like they always like. Do you want any blurbs on here? I'm like I don't know. Um, I think I use the same Neil Neil Gaiman gave me a blurb once. I think I've been using that on books that he didn't even read. <laughs> Just like I was, this is like I was oh, gonna, he gave me a blurb, right? Like it's like I can keep using that, right? Like oh yeah, that's free reign. It's like he gave me I hate fairly and blurb. I'm like eh, I, I think this applies to Bully Wars. I think it, no, I'm just gonna it's, it's like I shared a studio with an Eisner winning artist, so I'm an Eisner winner too. Yeah, you know by default, it's like I, I'll do uh, selfies with his Eisner's me uh, behind me. Scotty, I was on. Uh, you know, you know, comic art fans, right? You're familiar mm-hmm. with the website. Yeah. So I, I yeah. did, uh, I did a YouTube show with Bill Cox. You know, the the owner of yeah. the, He uh, just about my collection. You know, sort of 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 whatever. And uh, the way he does it is he asked me to to 
provide him with uh, 20 pieces of, of art, you know, that were kind of representative of different things I wanted to talk about. And, uh, you know, not that your ego needs any more massaging, but uh, I opened up my my chat with him with uh, the Oz page that I own because Aww. it was, well, that was the, your first one. Yeah, it was the it was the, the it was the the, the 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 match that lit the fire. So that that will forever be like a shock to me, like because I know how much of a, uh, an OA collector you are. And what you you know, and the commission getter you've become since then, and I, I still I still forget that that was the first. <laughs> it's and it's just crazy because I know all your tastes and I know everything that you're into. So it's like I still can't believe that like a, a one of my Wizard of Oz pages was like I think maybe I'll get this piece of paper with drawings on it. Yeah, it was patient zero. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, there you go, buddy. That's so cool, man. Beth wants to have a more because. She knows what that what what yeah. has come since then. She's like eight hundred like eight hundred pieces mother, later. <laughs> she's like that motherfucker has ruined my life. Hey, but she likes well, the, she likes the she likes the Moby Dick though, so it's hanging prominently in our hallways. Not even. I love it. I love that you. I love that you have that one, dude. Me too. Me too. Speaking of imminent, dude, I've, these Felix motherfucking drops just kill me, dude. Like. Like there was a double page splash that he sold yesterday from Eminem that I wanted so badly, and then like I didn't get it, of course, because whoever gets the art. And then I emailed Felix. I'm like, God damn, dude. I'm like, I, I'm like, I, I know you do it, and it's totally fair, so I'm not mad at it. But like, I really wanted that that art like really badly. So I was like, I, I'm like, to whatever extent, like if you like who, whoever bought it, like I don't know their deal, but you know, like if you would so if you'd be so kind as to let them know that there's another person to be willing to flip it, you know, let them know. So he's like, oh, sure. So he hit the guy up and then he's like, oh, the guy, the guy's a fan of UFC. I'm like, oh, sick. He's like, yeah. but he doesn't want to flip the art to you. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> he gets not that much of a fan. Though. Yeah, yeah. You, you got a little juice, but not like a full. Exactly. Goal. I'm like, oh, he's not like, <laughs> yeah. he's not EOC, he's not EOC family, man. He's like, just nah, EOC nah, nah, he's not chugging EOC. He's just taking a little sip. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right fools i gotta go to bed I yeah man great, great catch Tomorrow's up with you bro tomorrow is uh today was half day of uh baxter's first day at sixth grade tomorrow's first full day so nice. my uh my cartooning uh ass needs to wake up early and Word get up. these children ready for for school i was Anytime awesome you want to jump on that peloton together and and video chat while we ride i'm i'm ready dude i totally need to get back on it like i definitely have fallen off the last couple of months and I'm hating myself for it because it was one of my favorite pastimes. So I would love to do that with you for sure. Nice brother. All right, man. It was great having you on. We, uh, we love you and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Love you guys too. We'll talk to you. Hey brother. Have a good night. Best to everybody. Peace. That's it for that one. <laughs>